there's these ones I listen to sometimes that I try out. I never listen to them more than once. But uh, there's true crime ones where it's like, you know, NBC and CBS and all these channels have like decided that, oh, well, this shit's really popular. We'll just take like our Dateline format and turn it into a podcast. So it's just like it's a guy speaking and he's like, and then the killer found his way down the hallway. And, you know, it's just like the way it's presented is like one of those shows. And then you hear the and yeah, <laughs> the yeah. footsteps. And then there's times where you're like, I think this audio is literally just ripped from a, a visual medium because they say something like, and as you can see here, yada, yada, yada. Right. It's like, I'm not seeing anything because this is an audio podcast. What are you talking about? Um, and I hate those ones. And they also have like commercials every 15 minutes or less. And they're always for like Hardee's and like shit that like, you're like, really? Like, this is going to make me go to McDonald's? Fuck no. I mean, Hardee's, they still make their own biscuits from scratch. Yeah. Shout out to our new sponsor, Hardee's. Yep. It's Welcome what? to the Fright Zone. <laughs> Is that? That's then you say, I'm Greg. Are you trying? <laughs> I was trying to. Is that I was new? trying out the, your, your news show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Version. Oh, okay. Welcome to the Fright Zone. I'm Greg. I'm Nate. And I'm Hogan. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. I don't know. It was worth a shot. (laughs) I I also feel like I'm laying down, so the register in my throat isn't as great. Oh, yeah. It's like pinching it. That's why I'm sitting up. I feel like I'm turning into You want to sit up? Our listeners, uh, the futon that normally... uh, The the futon that Hogan and Nate sit on when we record is currently uh, unfolded because my uh, partner, uh, Jill, fractured her fibula, and uh, we've been living in the fright zone. Her medulla oblongata. Which is weird, because Hogan's always here in that hole at the defecation bucket. Say so maybe he's just part way out of the hole. kind of awkward alone time for us, but, you know. Do you want to set up, Hogan? Yeah, it might be a good idea. <laughs> at first, I thought this was going to be, like, really great. Because your back issues are like, this is going to be such a And then, like, episode. now I feel like I'm having digestive problems. Because <laughs> it's not used yeah. to spinning around in there like that. Yeah, you got all those pillows behind you. You can rearrange if you want. Cool. Is that better? Uh, this works. Yeah. Yes. And he's furious. Oh man, did it just start itself? I mean, that's it basically was the beginning. sick of waiting. It was like tonight's movie. Miramax is ready to bring you funtainment. Oh, yeah. So this episode, we're talking about 1998's The Faculty. It's the story of a high school plagued by an unknown alien threat and a ragtag group of students efforts to stop the forthcoming alien takeover. (laughs) Take me to your teacher. Yeah. I had had trouble uh, writing an intro for this one. Yeah? I didn't know the right way to really sell the plot without just referencing another movie. That sounded good. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that, you know... (laughs) <laughs> very much so. And it's very aware of that inside the movie itself. I mean, it awesome. talks about it a bunch. It has a lot of that kind of scream thing going on yeah. where it's like self-aware and it talks about like invasion of the body snatchers. And there's a big reason it has that scream vibe going on, too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this movie is uh, based on a story by David Wecker and Bruce Kimmel, but it's written by Kevin Williamson. It was also originally written in 1990. I heard. So it sat on a shelf for eight years, and it took Scream becoming popular before like, hey, they decided to make it. Can we it. see something else you have? Yeah, what is, yeah, what are the shit you got laying around? Which makes me wonder, like, does he have some more kind of banging, more like cool 80s horror movie scripts laying around in a dresser at his house? I feel like he would have put them out. Can we get that instead of you know, one of the four Scream years. movies? 
Well, I mean, he's, I think he doesn't need to, though, because, I mean, you look at him, he has 31 writing credits. Of course, most notably, Scream 1 and 4, because everyone knows those. And he also wrote, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, Cursed, which, Cursed, was Wes Craven direct that, or did he just produce that? I don't think, I, I can't I remember. I never saw it. Um, and he created Dawson's Creek. I mean, this, I mean, this guy has to not have to do stuff, even, probably, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Well, there's also the thing that happens with, scripts that you guys i know you guys are aware of and i'm sure most of our listeners would know of this too but a lot of them get optioned or picked up by uh, companies just so they can bury them mm-hmm. they'll f- hear about a movie being developed that's something like what they're doing it's similar to what happened to the toxic crusaders yeah versus the teenage mutant ninja turtles where yeah, yeah, yeah. they see it as a threat they pick up the script and they put it in a vault and they'll never release it but because they own it no one else can release it either so it's like the writers get pissed about that sometimes because they will, instead of getting like points on it after it comes out, they get their initial pay and then they never see another dollar. Whereas if the movie were to come out, they would get residuals from, you know, yeah, the theatrical right. release, the home video release or streaming or whatever. And so, yeah, there could, he could have more scripts that we'll never see just cause like Warner brothers didn't want yeah. it to come out. Cause it was too much like something they were making. He goes to the studio. He's like, "Hey, do you remember that really slamming, like, you know, vampire hooker movie I wrote that you guys bought? I was thinking maybe we can make that." They're like, "No, no. How about this? Scream, twenty seven, Ghostface in space. <laughs> the series. He's like, oh, uh, yeah. I guess I'll write that. Um, but also, maybe some of the other scripts would be cool if they're directed by the fucking man, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would say I'm a Robert Rodriguez fan, of course, like." The El Mariachi trilogy is awesome, you know. Uh, uh, Spy Kids. Spy Kids is pretty fun for a kids movie. I mean, yeah. it's a Rot Rodriguez kids movie. Have you watched that for your kids, Nate? I haven't. You should check that out. They're kids. Rot Rodriguez kids They're movie. Spies. I mean, it's like, yeah. okay, you know, it yeah. is a kids movie, but it is a Robert I, Rodriguez I accidentally kids movie. walked into a theater once when it was in the theater. Uh-huh trying to find whatever movie I was going to see. Yeah. And for some what? reason, I can't remember what I was going to see, but I remember walking in and that was playing. And I'm like, what the hell am I? What is happening? <laughs> it was before I had kids and stuff. So it's obviously not what I was going to see. But, but uh, I mean, what else ripped from Robert Rodriguez? Uh, Shark Boy Dust Till Dawn. Dust Till Dawn. Sin City. Sin City's awesome. Planet Terror. Planet Terror is great. Machete. Machete. He gets the women and kills the bad guys. Machete. Machete. I'm trying to think of what other stuff he's done, but those are the ones that come to mind. He was going to do a remake of Barbarella for a while, and that didn't happen. That would have been cool. Yeah. I'd like um, to see a modern take on that. Did you say Once Upon a Time? I didn't. In Mexico? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, yeah. not uh, in Marachi, Hollywood. Desperado, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in uh, Mexico. Not in the West, not in Hollywood, yeah. but in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's probably a Once Upon a Time in Japan. And all, it's, those, all three of those <laughs> are really Not in a land far, far away. Yeah. <laughs> But he's great, man. Uh, I think you know him. Him handling Kevin Williamson's dialogue and everything is like it's really cool. He has a good vibe. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we open on the football field. Oh, we're jumping right in there. Yeah, are we? Mm-hmm. Or we want to talk more. Yep. I mean, we could because we want to talk about the peeps in the flick. Got to get to the flick. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unless I mean, you guys got anything on life? We're just, I mean, just, yeah. Let's keep moving. We're grinding this movie. It's good. Yeah. Let's go. Let's just watch the watch it. <laughs> I don't know if it was my turn to speak. Oh, it's just the Miramax card. <laughs> yeah, I'm just oh, starting the movie. Makes me think. Are we gonna watch Mall Rats? Are we gonna mm-hmm. watch 
Fucking Pulp Fiction. Could be anything. <laughs> Could be so many things. Could be Chasing Amy. I do think, like, the script in this works in the way, like, I I know we've talked about Scream on the show before, and, like, Nate doesn't love Scream. Or, or but you should rewatch the first one. I so, still, I watching you this... You feel more open to watching the first one. I'm like, maybe the 90s is kind of nostalgic and fun, uh-huh. and I'll give it another day in court. I do have a copy. The sequels, I 100% don't think are worth the time, but the first movie to me is the same vibe as the person who wrote this. It's someone who likes horror movies. They've watched horror movies. They get why they're fun. How long has it been since you've seen it? I think just the 90s, you said, right? You thought Yeah, maybe one time randomly it was playing at a party or something in between then. I mean, I've not watched it as an adult. Right. It's The first one is worth your time. It is. And I'm, like, obviously a nostalgia nutcase, so... The sequels and what it did to 90s horror is not cool. But Scream is good. Yeah, it, I mean, I saw it in the theater, and I, I I liked it initially. It wasn't like I hated it or something. Initially, I thought it was great, and then it was kind of like a lot of other things. It just sort of got yeah overplayed, and then everything started to feel like it. And I blamed Scream specifically for that. But I think it, I mean that is accurate though. That is the that is the tipping point. Yeah. You know? Um, but this movie like does what the first Scream does well, where it takes the old and kind of puts it with the new kind of self-aware but like with true actual love for the genre um but in that like, like this is like a crossbreed of like you know invasion by snatchers or, or the thing or something with like the, the breakfast, breakfast club, club. <laughs> yeah yeah totally 100 it like this ragtag group of teens and it's cool you know you know what else it's a lot like and oddly enough was the movie i watched right before i watched it again for this purposely podcast. or just yeah just coincidence okay like I was, I listened to some other podcast about class of 1999. Yes. And I was like, oh, this will be fun. And then I put, this was the next movie I watched the next night and mine, I'm watching it on the VHS and it's got an advertisement for the soundtrack. Okay. And the, the band that does the theme song for this, which is the wall part two, oh, man. which is where they cover the nineties of five pink no. Floyd's the wall. The band is called class of 1999. Whoa. And there's also a sick re- recover of Schools Out. <laughs> oh, I don't know who does man. that, but it sounds very similar. It's very 90s if I had. So here's the thing. Class of 1999. <laughs> Take us there. Group of teens. There's a group of teachers. Yeah. They're all ex-military robots that are sent in <clears throat> to monitor the school. But the students don't necessarily know that. So throughout the movie, they kind of have to figure it out. Whoa, Everyone in the yeah. movie is snorting a powder called Edge. They do not use it for any sort of thing like reveals, but they do snort this drug throughout the whole thing, which there is this reoccurring drug in this called scat. Also the name for shit or yeah, sick original rappers. Um, And I couldn't help but notice like lots of parallels between the way it was, the way the coach was. It was like whoever wrote this definitely saw that and it also checks out because class of 1999 came out in 1990 the year this script was written but then it took eight years for it to come out so they probably were like wait we'll wait and see if anyone remembers class of 1999 and then they'll be like oh wait fucking nobody watched it even though it's like pam greer it's her return after she was sick for a while i'm trying to think else was in that too um, it's. Co- I just picked up the Blu-ray, the Vestron oh, Blu-ray McDowell. That, during yeah. that. Stacy Keach, though, is who I was thinking of. Stacy Keach. I was getting 
because I was starting to think that the guy who plays the English teacher in this was also similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they have a similar look for sure. But yeah, if you haven't watched that movie in a while, awesome. watch that after you watch this. It is readily available that. right now. I think you can watch that on like a free streaming service like Pluto or something. Oh yeah, cool. Um, but and I know, I mean, that Vestron Blu-ray is. It's readily available. Like seven bucks somewhere. Yeah. Die Block DVD. Check it out. Uh, Get with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like. (laughs) And the other reason that movie's cool that I didn't realize was it is actually the same director as Class of 1984. Yeah. It's just like his view on the same idea, but later and with more time. They should have that going. You could still make more of those. Yeah. You could do a class of. 2025. Yeah, let's do it. Just two years from now, what's it going to be like? In school, everyone's being shot by AK-40s. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> Teachers are actually AI robots. Yeah. That will happen. Because uh, no one's going to want to fucking do it. No one oh, wants yeah. for the pay and the way that they're treated. Like, Shout out to all the teachers listening to the Fred Zone. We love <laughs> you, baby. <laughs> So we opened we opened this movie on uh, the football field and the fucking T one thousand is out there just berating a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, Robert Patrick, <laughs> Coach Willis is the coach. Yeah, yeah he's the a, first thing. He's it's got like a great the first line, line in the movie. Says, Get off the field, you limp ass blow dicks. Yeah, I think the first line in the movie is, <laughs> "You call that blocking, you pussy pukes." <laughs> That's it. Um, so yeah, he's acting like it's the Super Bowl or something. <laughs> it's just it's, football practice in this. Podunk yeah. redneck in Ohio. In Ohio. Um, and then we cut to the faculty lounge, and the staff is talking budget cuts uh, to every department but the gym because it's a football town. Yeah. I found a funny thing. Which so, the, how it gets away with calling kids pussy pukes? The part where she's like, <laughs> they, they want to do guys and dolls. Yeah. And uh, she's like, use the set for our town. I guess there is no set yeah, for our town. No set. There's no such thing. <laughs> so, it's basically saying you you're, use nothing. <laughs> Very good, Jack. Well, B.B. Newworth, who plays Mrs. Drake, I don't know about you guys, but for some reason, I was, like, obsessed with her when I was younger. Tell us, more, tell us about her, Hogan. Well, she played Lilith in Cheers. She was Frasier's wife. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I don't know, like, in then the spinoff, Frasier. The principal, yeah? Yeah. And then I think she played Niles, his brother's ex-wife. Oh, it's kind of strange. Would you, like, dye her hair? I don't know. It was strange. It was weird. <laughs> anyway, I always had a thing for B.B. Newworth. Oh, yeah. They were just hoping nobody would notice, and nobody did but you. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Oh, that was good. So, yeah, the principal is laying out the budget cuts, and uh, also at the table we have Mrs. Olsen, who's Piper Laurie. Uh, Fright Zonians Zonian, would know her from Carrie, of course. Uh, Carrie's Twin Peaks. mom. Um, oh, it's Mr. Tajimura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly what she sounds like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by like, that's the role everyone remembers her for. Yeah, like, Twin Peaks. She <laughs> uh, so was driving me nuts because I was like, "Who is she?" And I refused to look it up. And I like finally, I, when I it was over, it. I was like, "I'll look it up." I was like, "Oh fuck, it's M- Carrie's mom." Yeah, <laughs> like that's exactly what I know her from. Isn't she Aunt Emma in Return to Oz too? Maybe. I haven't seen that in a hot minute. I love that movie. I watched it in chunks. My brain is not letting me see that piece of information right now. I'm pretty sure she's from Return to Oz. I feel like I'm wide-eyed right now because I think you you might have blown my mind. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Tate's at the table. Uh, Daniel Von Bargen. 
Karuger. Yeah. He's George's boss for a while on Seinfeld. He's the guy that I think that George gets his himself airbrushed out of his vacation photo. Is yeah. that Kruger? Yeah. Uh, the human fund. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is Antem. And the, but he's the guy you're saying's in class of '99. No, no. Or, he was no, saying he no, looks I like was saying he kind of reminded me of Stacey Keach's character. Oh, okay. But earlier you said Kruger was in something else. So when Jill was down here taking that central oh, he's in thinner. Over. He's in thinner, yeah. Oh, thinner. We'll do the, that the two random. We'll be doing that movie, I think, subtype suits since uh, Hogan watched it already, <laughs> took all the notes. Yeah. The two random 90s movies we picked out, and he's the one connective <laughs> tissue. Yes. This podcast is going to actually turn into a... Did you know Daniel that Van Bargen and uh, Stacey Keach, the only podcast. Initially, they wanted the uh, Jillian Anderson to play the role. Oh, of who? Of uh, Mrs. Drake. But she turned it down. Oh, I would have been totally down for that. And her and like another alien theme thing. Mm-hmm. More of that. Yeah. Mrs. Drake is the principal. Yeah. Hogan, that means then I'd be all half chubbed up in this episode <laughs> instead of you. In an alternate universe, you're chubbed up <laughs> with Jillian Anderson as Mrs. Drake. Oh, man. Agent Scully. I want to believe, you know? Uh, but after the budget cut meeting ends, the uh, staff leave and the, uh, Hogan's girlfriend, the principal, uh, yeah, realizes she forgot by something. the T-1000. Yeah, so she goes back in to, like, is the keys, right? She's like, I need the keys to lock the school. Yeah. Is that why she goes back in, right? Mm-hmm. Right, so we went over, she's trying to get out, can't get out. Talking about that? No. What are you talking about? We haven't about? got there yet. We okay. there. We're talking about she's on her way back into the school because she yes, forgot yes, her that's keys. That's why yeah. she went back in. Yeah. Got yes. it. So she goes in there, and then the coach is in there. And <clears> he she's needs like, a pencil. what are you doing here? You're like, <laughs> you're, very... you're wasted, coach. <laughs> and he's like, I need a pencil. <laughs> Have you seen this boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and she's like, like you're you don't drunk. Need a, you don't need a pencil. You just need to go home and sleep it off. Yeah. And he keeps asking for a pencil, and then she hands one to him, and we get the first cool gore thing in the movie and it is awesome and practical one of the better effects we'll see in the whole movie honestly if you're into practical work yeah um of a pencil just blasting through the principal's hand it is gory it's gnarly it's awesome um and immediately you're like okay this movie's taken off and he says i've always wanted to do that yeah <laughs> which is weird because it's like what do you mean you've always wanted to do that you're like i know i don't want to be spoiling oh, too yeah. early like, no, but you just got saying, here yeah, you just <laughs> well, arrived. A part of me was thinking about like if it's parasitic, if there's parts where like you're still operative, where there's sure. elements of what's happening to the the folks in this movie where it's like kind of almost inner id. Well, you see, know, on, like on Forbidden the, Planet, on the back of the box, that's it why says mind controlling. Yeah, right. But that's why. But it's it's supposed to be a parasitic organism, though, right? Yeah. Right, but it has uh, like a hive mind, right? Yeah. So I feel like it's maybe something where like they're almost like in you're in neutral. Okay. Right and like and then the hive mind can make you do things because they do but say kind of like if you kill the host it's kind of like the vampire trope yeah you kill Dracula everyone yeah. that's mm-hmm. under his spell will be fine I mean because I think that could play into that line and then I think there's all stuff later with um uh, Famke Jansen's character the teacher that I think like she's clearly kind of in she's interested in her student and then like she's becomes kind of like the 80s trope where she's like also like the hot teacher but she's kind of like after they have this flirtatious thing the whole time it's very uncomfortable it's, yeah but but <laughs> no but i'm saying like they have a flirtatious thing going on then it's like things change i think there's like this id thing where it's like it's like morals or things are kind of like those like the impulse the inner impulses or whatever you right know? like it's like feeding off of thoughts. that too it's like that like that that's his teacher the principal he doesn't like 
And now you're like, yeah, I always sure. wanted to do that. Like, I think it's like the impulsive thoughts are winning with the parasite. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I think it's cool. I was thinking about it. Yeah. I, 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 I yeah. can tell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just stepped into the fry zone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fucking cast for this movie is like insane. That's why I had to give it multiple watches because I was like, my note taking was almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. A lot of people, like every person that's in, you're like, hey, I know them from this movie, this movie, this movie. Yeah. I know that person. But, uh, oh, so yeah, so the, then the coach chases the principal around. Like him. For a while. <laughs> the coach is, be- yeah, the coach is chasing the principal around for a while. Uh, and then, uh, she goes to the front door and Piper Laurie's there, uh, you know, Carrie's mom. And there's like Behind padlocks a on the door now. Door. Yeah. Which it wasn't chained up before. No, because she had she to go back to get, to get her keys. keys to lock it. But she doesn't even think about that in the moment when she gets back. She's just like, help me open the door. And she's like, I don't have keys. Where are your keys? And she's like, oh, shit. Because she never yeah. got them, you know. Then she runs back again, gets the keys, comes back. And she unlocks the padlock, gets out just in time. The coach comes up, like, to try stabbing her with some scissors. And he drops them. They fall well, the there's a pretty cool, like, they're like, there he is. And he's at the end of the hallway. Yeah. And, he and you get another T-1000 run down yeah. the hallway. It's like, we know that's honest. We're like, oh, shit, it's Mary. He's that far away. He's fat. Yeah, there's no way if you don't have the key in there yet. Motorbikes, you know. But somehow uh, she manages to get it open, get out the door, lock it behind her, and get the chain through it. Yeah, in a matter of seconds, dude. And they get out there and they lock it, and you know the the principal's like, "Oh my gosh, we made it!" You know, and she turns to Piper Laurie, who's been out there, and Piper Laurie's hand the scissors, and she just looks crazy. It's awesome. It's like such a good like horror movie moment. You know, Mm -hmm. she just looks evil, and then she stabbed the shit out of the principal and killed her, and also says. Oh, uh, sorry. I, I always wanted yeah, to I do that. I always wanted to do that. So but I have a question. And we're, and the, does she, wait, does she really say that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, spoiling later shit, though, because this is, I find this part to be kind of confusing. Like, if she stabs her to death, then they can still, like, put the parasite in her? So later, when the coach gets his face scratched, it heals too. Yeah. So I think they have yeah, some he's sort of healing ability. I think, I, I think maybe she's like... Oh, I got you. I think so she's ma- not infected She yet. hasn't been infected yet. Yeah, but I think she's like barely living and they still put pop that parasite in. Okay. And then, and then you heals. don't see him for a while. You don't see him for a while because uh, Piper Laurie starts running the school for a while. You don't see the principal again until after oh, yeah, the nurse she gets goes it. away. That's she's right, because there's a big reveal so when she comes back. She's fucking healing up. Yeah. Come on, Hogan. I'm come sorry. on, baby. Hey, hey I don't hey, know. Man, you a, come on, baby. This is a valid question. <laughs> no, it's a good question. <laughs> We're having a good discussion about this movie right here. In the fright zone, 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 Um, But yeah, so then we go the next day, and we get to meet all the students finally. Um, they're all arriving at school, like fucking peeling around the corner like a NASCAR driver. We got a Josh Hartman. Yeah, we got fucking Frodo. He and... would kill somebody for sure, driving like that into a parking lot. So you know how they do the stylized thing when you meet the characters and put yeah. their name on screen? Yeah. That's cool, I love but that. it annoys me because it doesn't do it on some characters so later. Like, right then when Zeke gets out of the car, why does it not say Zeke? That is a hell of an entrance. He fucking peels ass through that parking lot. Yeah. You know, Dukes of Hazzard's way into the spot, gets out, and it's like, Boom! Why not right there, Zeke? Yeah, you, you have that, and then you go into other people, and you don't. They do, they do it with him. They do it with him later when he's like dealing, selling drugs. Yeah, right? when he's selling scat to fucking uh, hide from that seventy shit. Yeah, yeah. That's like Zeke. Because you use the viewer go, oh, that's the guy I was introduced to me in that sweet car scene. Right. But anyways, I just want to pop that. Out. I just thought that was weird. Oh, sorry about that. 
which in the uh, credits, I don't know if you guys watched the credits. Did you guys watch that? Hyde's name, uh, he's credited as fuck up number one. <laughs> and uh, the other kid is fuck up number two. The oh, two man. kids that keep buying scat off. Of Love it. that. Yeah. Isn't the kid number two, isn't he from uh, Dazed and Confused? Like the kid that he's like the, the main high school kid whose journey you follow. Yeah, yeah, it is him. It's totally him. Okay. Wiley Wiggins is his name. Yeah, I didn't put that together. The one that keeps pushing the hair out of his eyes like every yeah. 10 seconds. Yep. <laughs> and then the two uh, later yeah, on in the movie, movie, just to get, because I'll forget this, the people that are always like fighting and yelling at each other. Yeah. Their credit is fuck you boy and fuck you girl. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I've never seen Them that. Them being like background characters is He's been... satisfying on the rewatch because you start noticing like when they're, you know, like infected and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the shit in this movie that's like. Sprinkler actually makes a pretty rewarding rewatch. He's been there's, in You know, there's more too. stuff happening. The fuck you boy? Yeah. yeah fuck you girl, the, fuck uh, you boy. Here we go. I know that... Scary movie. Meet the parents. Oh, she is River Phoenix's sister, Summer Phoenix. Yep. Whoa. He's, uh... Do you hey, remember... Hey, in... you want to smell spare? She's also Joaquin Phoenix's sister. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you remember in Meet the Parents when Greg... I have nipples, fucker. Can you milk me? Yeah. Well, do you remember when he like borrows his like girlfriend's brother's clothes, and that's like there's like a pipe in it, and then Robert De Niro keeps calling him Panama Red because he finds like weed in his coat. <laughs> anyway, whatever. He's fucking in that movie. That's nice. the only thing I recognize him from. Cool. House man. of Wax. Paris Hilton, <laughs> starring yeah. Paris. That's Hilton. hot. Oh my god! Did you hear that she's actually really smart, and that was a whole act. Did you hear that? Yeah. Is that a thing? Well, I have yeah. seen those video clips where when she's talking, she doesn't usually even talk like that. Have you seen no, it? she seen doesn't. It? She, it's an where she's like, she's like talking, like it's someone has a video of her like pop artist kind of video, but it's like her getting on the car and she's talking to one of her friends, right before that, except for car's like, yeah, blah 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 blah. All right, let's go. Oh hey, uh, like it's like whoa, what the fuck? It's yeah. like those videos of Michael Jackson. He's like, yo, give me that cheese whiz. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I said, give me the cheese whiz, please. You're ignorant. Come on. Don't be so ignorant. Cheese whiz. They took pictures of my penis. <laughs> Dude, do you think anybody was like Michael? Fucking don't do this. Yeah. He's like, no. I gotta what? get out there and let the people know. All my fans want to know. I don't think a lot of people told Michael anything. I think he kind of he ran the show it. with the Elephant Man's bones and Second Command. I don't know if you want to keep this, but I messaged my buddy because I listened to uh, Feldman's autobiography. Oh, oh C-Dog. It's called Choreography. Oh, oh <laughs> fuck. And it's kind of amazing how does many... Does he read it himself? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, is it, where is it? It's, I don't know. I listened <laughs> YouTube, to it. Like, on, I don't know, maybe. Um, but it's interesting. He spends like three chapters trying to convince the reader that Michael Jackson didn't buttfuck him. Like... It's well, well, Andrew. It's every time Andrew and to. I talk about this, he says that he heard, and I think Feldman has has said that he you know didn't do anything to him. Macaulay Culkin said he didn't do anything to him. The idea being that there were certain people that were too famous, like there were certain people that, like if he would have done that, it would have come out. Right. But then it's like, but the time period they're saying that he would have fucked Corey Haim was when he was like the most famous Corey Haim ever was. Right. But was that not as famous as Feldog because he wasn't in Goonies or what? It's you know? weird, though, because like these chapters, he says some stuff and you're like, 
yeah, that sounds fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's weird. But he said that, he says it's like Charlie Sheen is who fucked him and Corey Haim a bunch, right? Yeah. Sea dog. <laughs> All right, that was the Fright Zone. Yep. <laughs> He's the Comeback King. Um, hey, you know who's yeah. a fresh-eyed, cool kid in this movie? Elijah Wood. Ooh. What up? That dude's from Cedar Rapids, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Elijah Wood is a cool dude. People know him. He was in this movie about um, an adventure to get some jewelry <laughs> okay. to some to store or something. Small power. <laughs> what are those movies, Hogan? I'm not going to talk about like Willow, but okay. So oh, yeah. yeah, Elijah Wood was in Willow. Was he? <laughs> no. It's like, what? Now I'm super no, confused. Oh, he's in the Lord of the Rings. He was the baby in Willow. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's from Iowa. He when they cool were stuff. filming this, he actually went and tried out for Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, because of that that guy? You were like, everybody knew, you know everybody who's in this. And you were like, yeah, like that guy. Yeah. That's the guy who told him to, to audition for Lord of the Rings. Oh, that guy looks like he would have been like a side dwarf. Like a tree trunk in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a tree trunk. <laughs> a living tree. <laughs> Elijah Wood's cool though. He was he, in shit before this though. He was like in uh seen the movie Flipper? No, he was in like uh Searching for Bobby Fisher. Oh, yeah. And uh what the fuck else? Oh, he did The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin. That's right. That movie's really good. Radio Flyer? You remember that one? Uh I do. I saw that at Billy Joe's picture show for some reason. Radio Flyer's intense, dude. Yeah. Have you ever seen I'm... that, Greg? No. I remember where I sat and everything. That's so, so it's weird. like him. I didn't remember that until you said it. And the the kid from Jurassic Park, and their brothers, and their dad like beats the Sam shit Neal. out of them. He's like a drunk, and so they turn their radio flyer wagon into a plane so they can fucking dr- get like, away, fly away from their oh, abusive I I have dad. Seen that. Yeah. It's wild. Billy Joe's Pitcher Show now serving Bud Light in pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> you can get hammered while you watch that movie. Nice. <laughs> Isn't he also in Back to the Future for like two seconds in the diner? Elijah Wood is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the kid in the future that talks shit on Mario McFly when he's playing the... Yeah, Hogan's Alley. Yeah. That's your that namesake, f- sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that game's for babies or whatever. But it's like, that's Elijah Wood, yeah. Uh, he also, anyway. he loves horror movies. He does cool horror shit. You know, I keep wanting to watch that movie he did recently called Cooties, but I haven't watched it yet. It's like, from what I gather, the premise is... Is it a gremlin exploitation thing? No, it's like a school, and it's like the flip side of... Well, I guess not the flip side of this. All of the kids become, you know, the the antagonists, protagonists, antagonists. Yeah. And then all of the teachers you know, are, like, hiding in the school because all of these elementary school kids are, like, trying to kill them. Gotcha. That look, sounds interesting. I would Hence, check that out. cooties. Cooties. I just, for some reason, my brain, cooties are a creature. But it's also a thing you can get from girls. Mm-hmm. Dude, I know. Uh... So Elijah Wood gets knocked over, and then we get that goth outsider gal, Stokely, and she walks by. That's Robert Rodriguez's sister. Not Stokely. Sorry, I was thinking about the chick with the nose ring. The chick in the front, yeah, uh, yeah, where she asks for directions. Yeah. Stokely's a... What? Uh, I didn't write down her name. Who in she... this movie pretends to be a lesbian so people won't talk to her, which yeah. is fucking weird, but she is a lesbian in real life. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she's in that movie, <laughs> Bottom of Cheerleader. She's like one of the leads in that. Just in Carnival, also. Uh, 
They should have given us another season on that show. I know. One more. Yeah, they didn't finish it, right? Yeah. No. Well, yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, well. <laughs> Yeah. They definitely did not know it was the end when they were making it. It's they like, canceled oh. that show because they said it was too expensive to make, even though it was their most successful show at the time. And they canceled it to start making Rome, which is arguably more yeah. expensive. Plus, you have to start from scratch. And didn't last scratch. really either. No. Well, Rome call. wasn't built in a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when, uh, what's her name? Clea Duvall? Is that her name? That's sure. what I would say. Yeah. Uh, Stokely. But when she auditioned for the movie, I guess like, Rodriguez just thought she was like super cool. Because she like, she came in and she like was wearing uh, glasses and just kind of looking down at her, her script all the time and just did it and left. And he was like, oh, you know, like, she didn't look up once. She was like so in character. It was great. And like gave her the part. And then she's like, oh my God, I wasn't trying to do any of that. I was just so nervous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so she was just like reading it like this, you know, and had her glass on. He was like, perfect. Like, Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just think that's fun. Yeah. You know? But it's true. I mean, like, I don't know. The cast is good in this, you know. Um, you get Stan played by Sean uh, Hat- Hattesey. Uh, he walks up to his girlfriend, Delilah. We get a towel card for her before we got a towel card for him, even though we're now having him follow him here. Which, yeah. Again, I, I just don't know what's going on there. Yeah, also, when they show the title card for him, there's two people on screen. So I, I know. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't they have shown it when it was him on the football field arguing with the coach? Yeah. It's just him looking yeah, back. That's what I'm flexing. saying. The, the title card thing is like, it's cool because it's stylistic and it is neat when it happens. But on a rewatch, you kind of like see how it's kind of weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, they just really went for it. They're going to do it. But uh, I don't know. Or maybe that's some weird editing thing. Maybe there's a different cut of this movie. I don't know. Um, like really, yeah. there's like no, there's like no special features in any of these home video releases. It's like, and there's barely anything really up there about making this movie. It seems like, which is strange. You know, I don't know. They did a cool Tommy Hilfiger commercial. Oh, dude, well, Tommy Hilfiger did uh, help pay for the movie. And if you look, everyone's wearing Tommy Hilfiger throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. That's crazy. That's why Usher. Is on the cover, even though he's barely in the movie. Gotta get them because they wanted him in the ad campaign. There's also a female African American character who was dating Tupac at the time that you see once in this movie that had a whole scene cut out, and she's in the Tommy Hilfiger ad campaign also. <laughs> but she's not really in the movie. She has no speaking lines in it, and you said there's no special features, so obviously yeah. they didn't hang on to that <laughs> clip. Or, yeah, and I weren't, that's because if you're what's going to happen with that now, like the post wine scene stuff, what's going to happen to some of these Dimension and Miramax things? Like, are we going to get other editions of this stuff ever? Is stuff going to get shelved? Where does it, it going? get passed Who on bought to? It? Right. You know? Um, Can we finally get a painted cover for this movie? Because you could make a cool. kick fucking yeah. ass cover for like, this, this movie. Like, this is one that, this is the type of film that seems like Scream Factory would put out. This is a Scream Factory type horror movie. <clears> yeah. I kind of see not wanting to do a big monster reveal on the cover. But you could still do at this point. Cool, yeah, yeah. You everyone know, knows the movie. You could do a killer like that kind of the creature and the teeth, kind of like shooting out of somebody's yeah. fucking head or something. Or does it transform? You know, like it's it's weird how it, it's not always the same. It's like the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was gonna say like there's a lot of callbacks to the thing in this movie, and the the artwork for that movie doesn't reveal shit. Yeah, you know, you could do something very similar. It's fucking cold. It tells you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're gushing about this movie a lot without talking about the movie. It's true. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, we can do that too. I don't know. 
I feel like if we if we're gonna try, you to show go, us where to go, Greg. No, we will follow. No, what I was gonna say is I think if we try to go through the whole movie, <laughs> lead us, dear Hobbit. We have so much stuff we're still talking about. So maybe we just. I mean, I guess we can just put it out there. This movie's really fun. Like, um, we can just kind of breeze through and still talk about. It. Like, so essentially, right now, here's the thing: you're meeting all these kids. They're all sexy, hot, young '90s actors. They all are in a bunch of other '90s movies. Some Josh of them have Hartnett better haircuts than others. Josh Hartnett. That's the <laughs> new. Hogan told me he pulled me aside earlier and told me he's going to be exclusively working on perfecting that haircut. That haircut alone for Frank Lopez Barbershop <laughs> be able to Iowa. So just pop in there. He'll get you popping off like get John, one. Josh Hartnett. Um, no, but so many great people. But really, what's going on right now? Um, this movie plays is um, we're being introduced to this, the faculty members. They're all banging stars, too. We got Selma Hayek's in this. John Stewart's in this. I like how Selma Hayek's so subdued, too. She's just yeah, like she's a nurse in nurse's clothes. Yeah. She has a cold. It. She's coughing. Yeah. Kleenex um, over her face after that. Famke Jansen. Oh, fucking uh, Jean Grey. Yeah. Uh, we should so, really just call them by their other names. <laughs> yeah. But, but, Jean, yeah. Jean Grey, Mr. <laughs> Takamura. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking Lilith. Frazier. Yeah, it's just an uh, Shooter McGavin's in this. I mean, like Shooter. I'm saying, like the the. If you get into the Negro, there's so many great actors and stuff in this movie, and the cast is awesome. But uh, we'll just keep gushing about it. We can tell Bill's gone. There's kids in class right now. Yeah. First being interested in kids in class. Kids in class. I'm pretty sure Josh Hartnett wants to fuck this English teacher. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think there's like this parasite inner id thing going on too. I think she's flirtatious with him too in a weird way. She follows the girl like, mm-hmm. you know, you're so smart. You don't have to be doing this. And there's like this trope yeah. where she's kind of nerdy and mousy. And then like 80s. later on, she'll throw her glasses off and all of a sudden she's like, <laughs> yeah. A tiger, <laughs> good for you, Jack. <laughs> um, so uh, then we uh, we're walking towards the school, Elijah Wood. We get the title card, and then we get the new kid at school. Yeah, new kid at school, Mary Beth. She's yeah. like, Yeah, show uh, me the officer. Like, right in here, Mary Beth. What is her full name? Because she says her full name all Mary the Beth. time. Oh man, I'm Maybe gonna have to get your notes. It. Bring out if she said Logan, it three or four more yeah. times. She's looking only... up something on his iPhone. <laughs> I don't think it's the internet. It's just his notes on his Mary apple. Beth Louise Hutchison. Say that three times fast. Uh, I forgot already. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's new to the school. She has to see the office. Um, so Stan, the football star, he's walking around uh, talking to his girlfriend Delilah about how he wants to tell her something really important. She doesn't have time for him. Because she's got a headline to find. Yeah, she works for the school newspaper, man. Uh, our boy Zeke, he was in the bathroom dealing and in, uh, him quitting fake the football IDs. team would have been a good headline. It would yeah. have been. He, that's why Toys like, I have the right one. She's like, talk to you later. Yeah, yeah. fucking nerd. I'm the editor in chief, son. Yeah. <laughs> and then our boy Zeke, Josh Hartnett, with the best haircut of all time, is in the bathroom dealing fake IDs and some scat. It's, it's got his like own a 45 year old Asian man on it. And he gives that to Hyde. <laughs> As and he's, he's like, like, it doesn't like me, man. He goes, like, he goes work. dude, will this work? He goes, trust me, I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and then he throws in the scat as like a freebie. Yeah. Uh, and then and uh, it shows Elijah Wood is in the bathroom with a bloody nose, kind of being like, oh, fuck. oh they, we also didn't uh, tell you that Elijah Wood gets uh, his nards knacked into yeah, the pole, like full on assault. Some dudes like pull him by yeah. the legs. They've got him. Two, two people have his torso, uh, two other dudes have his legs, and they just fucking, like a battering ram his testicles into the flag. They, they show s- it's pretty hard. They smash his nuts, dude. And it kind of happens off camera. It's enough, they show you enough where you like know what happened, and you're kind of like, oh man, 
that could that could bust your garbage. Like up. whoever his stunt double was that <laughs> day was not green. happy. That guy might that guy might not need a vasect. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then in the faculty lounge is when we get Miss Harper, the nurse, Selma Hayek. Uh, she's helping a teacher who got their finger stuck in a projector or something. Is that what they say? Yeah. The, the, the teeth are too sharp on the projector. <laughs> something like that. And she's helping him. Uh, but then, uh, Has to be the last projector in the state. And this is the professor, John Stewart, who's... Uh, Edward Furlong. He's playing is Professor Edward Furlong, which is great since we've got the T-1000 in this. Yeah. Um, which is why I feel like we should have seen a scene of the T-1000 chasing John Stewart. I for some Missed opportunity. I, for some reason, laughed out loud when he goes, man, coach is thirsty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want that, too. Because he's got this look on his face. It's that it's the same look that he gives after he says something cheeky on The Daily uh-huh, Show. Right? And it just made me think There's of, a like, a hundred funny eye. things. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, he's, like, flirting with the nurse, though. And, like, like, I called you a few times, you know? Yeah, yesterday. and he's a scientist. She's a yeah. nurse. They're both interested in science. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's like talking about like sick days, and she's like, "Why are you taking sick days?" I'm saving my sick days for when I feel better. Yeah, which, which is a great. That. That's probably my line, the favorite line of the oh, movie. Yeah. It's also very. It's America, you know. Yeah, like you don't want to be like using your days off to like feel like shit. Well, that's like when I took that. I took that week off when I had the fucking human metaphenoma virus. Yeah, and it's like uh. I thought why I didn't want to use my vacation day. He's got a fucking juice box. Sorry. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> How old is he supposed to be? That juice box would be gone in one pole. It'd be like it's pretty small. Yeah. Especially he's been sipping high, on it all the way. Schooler. Maybe for like a third grader that'd be all right. Yeah. You still have some. You're drinking it at the top of the fucking stairs. You walk oh, yeah. all this the way down. This is the scene that kicks the whole movie off, though. Yeah, dude. When Edward, not Edward, when Elijah Wood finds the uh, extraterrestrial fucking beef jerky in the football field. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a fossil or something. But yeah, the coach is like, "Hey, what are you doing there? <laughs> I'm just eating lunch, coach." <laughs> it's like, why are you lurking on the football field? I think this is the next scene. Oh yeah. So yeah, he finds some sort of pod-looking thing in the. He says something about how it's not the lunch room, and he's like, maybe better get on out of here. And he says something about people shouldn't run unless they're being chased. I like that. I'll remember that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the only thing we skipped over is Mary Beth uh, trying to befriend um, Stokely uh, outside. Oh, and That's then... when you first get the first thing where it's like, where Delilah comes up, and she's like in mega bitch mode, and she's like, yeah. oh, she tell you she's a violent lesbian? Yeah. <laughs> And then when she leaves, Stokely calls her a bipolar bitch, which is like, yeah, it's an accurate, you know. That's the only thing I think we really skipped over. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, he takes, he's like, yo, I'm going to take this fossil beef jerky to uh, John Stewart of Daily Show fame and science class. Well, she sees this first. I know I'm just interrupting yeah, you know, with what we're in there. Let's go. Woo! But <laughs> Stokely sees... Uh, Carrie's mom going into a room asking another teacher if she can speak to her, which is the teacher that comes later in the shower scene with Stan. Yeah. Right? She's an elderly teacher. Yes. She's which been we'll there for like that. 100 years old. Her body was too old, couldn't handle the heat. <laughs> <laughs> so now every character that we've sort of like gotten to know is starting to interact a little bit, and they all seem to be into the John Stewart's science class? Yeah. 
He's the coolest teacher in the school, clearly. Sorry, Edwards. Easily. Yeah, Professor Furlong. So they take Professor Furlong this fossil, and he's like, yeah, I'll take a look at that. And he's like, oh, it's some type of a seed-dwelling organism. You said you found some in the football field? Very interesting. This might be a whole new species. Yeah, that he jumps right to that conclusion that, like... And he's like, we're going to have to call the university. They find new species every day. It's also fucking strange, though, how Josh Hartnett is also a fucking scientist as well as a drug dealer. He stands up like, hey, well, actually, I think... uh, I kind of push him out of the way. He's like... "Hmm." When it comes to his drugs... His drug dealing and making thing. The, all he's doing all is that, crushing up caffeine pills. That's Why a, does he have that? Cr- I'm not, I know we're going to talk about it when we get there. Yeah. What's with the crazy science, mad scientist lab if all he's doing is crushing up powder? I love that the caffeine pills, we'll see them later, but how they just have a giant 18-wheeler on them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> trucker oh, yeah. fucking crack. That's such a good reveal, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but, oh... I think... Oh, we'll get there. So, then <laughs> they start kind of, like, fighting over something, and well, Stokely, Stokely slams yeah. a cup Usher. of water. Usher. Usher's talking shit on Stokely, and she's like, fuck you, Usher. And she <laughs> slams, Jack slams him, and he like, Whoa! He 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 said that. Yeah, Whoa! Usher, and he knocks you. the water on the beef jerky, and it re-energizes the beef jerky. It comes right back to life. Yeah. <laughs> it was just thirsty. And Professor Stewart is like, Throw that shit in the fishing you tank, throw y'all. throw that beef jerky in the fish tank. <laughs> Whoa. And then the beef jerky replicates. The beef jerky's replicating. <laughs> just wanted to jump into Usher's mouth now. <laughs> oh, man. They get him I'm later. just leaving it like that. If anyone's seen Smooth, they'll know what we're talking about. And if you haven't seen the fact that you're like, what are these guys talking about right now? Beef jerky. <laughs> yeah. The extraterrestrial beef jerky. Beef jerky. <laughs> that's that's what it fucking looks like. That's what this movie should have been called. And then it starts immediately like swimming around and kind of like getting bigger. Is it? Does it get bigger? I don't it think feels it gets bigger. It's just the way like they a, they film it makes it look like that. It splits. But it's sort of got like a clear exoskeleton, right? Is that how you'd say that? Yeah. Uh, clear outer body, and you can kind of see its insides with it's sort translucent. of whatever translucent it is. with ten, but it has some tentacles. It looks kind of like a crawfish with tentacles and teeth. The one thing I know is that the only way we're going to find out for sure what that thing looks like or what we should call it is we put on a rubber glove, stick our hand in that tank, and grab that spiky How beef jerky. How are you going to tell what it feels like if you have a rubber glove on anyway? <laughs> I and can tell visually it... that the texture's changed, and I want to feel it. That's why I'm putting on a glove. That's what, that's what I'm going to say to my class. And the part where it immediately multiplies is the part where you take your hand out. Yeah. No, he's just <laughs> like, like, oh, tight, oh, wow. more beef jerky. This is Man. fucking... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We wait long enough, we'll be able to feed the whole class. The point he realized he's gone too far is when the beef jerky grows teeth and bites the tip of his finger, and he pulls out like, "Ah, son of a bitch!" This part's really cool with her hand, yeah. and it sort of like mimics her. Stokely for a puts her hand the against the glass, and all these little red spindly tentacle things from these swimming beef jerkies it matches the shape of her hand. Which the first time I watched it, which would have been on the VHS version on a TV that was a little darker, I didn't even notice that. Oh man! And then when I sat down and watched it on a TV. And I turned up the brightness a little bit. Then I was like, oh, shit. I just completely have never seen that before. So then Stan, who's decided that he uh, doesn't want to be the best football player in this town that's a football town anymore. No, he, he wants to use his brain. He wants to throw away his jock lifestyle and, and use his wannabe. brain. <laughs> so he goes and tells the coach that he's quitting. And the coach is like, okay, good luck. <laughs> and uh, he basically, he's like, oh. Thanks for not well, reaming me. Thanks. The coach takes it says. pretty well, much better than he anticipated, you know? Yeah. 
And uh, then we go to the locker room, and Usher calls our Iowa homie Casey, Frodo Baggins, <laughs> a piss wad, and shoves him in against a locker. Which is exactly what they used to do well, to first him in Cedar they Ave. bump into him. Speaking of piss wad. And he goes, sorry. Oh, I- Hogan, I think, we're, I think it's a good time for us to take a break. I'll just say this quick. First they bumped into him, and he says, sorry. I guess. Maybe I'll remember. Hey, it's Hogan from the Fright Zone, and I'm in a big fucking hole. While I'm down here, I figured I'd just say, thanks for listening. Yeah, like and subscribe. And if you're on social media, hit us up at Fright Zone Podcast on Instagram. Or drop us a line via email on our website, thefrightzone.com. You know what's cool? The fact that you take time out of your busy day to listen to the Fright Zone Podcast. Please take time to rate and review the show on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you listen to the show. You know what else would be cool? What? I can't hear you! Well, it would be cool if you could check out our new Patreon page, which you can find the link for on our website. Anything helps us to get Hogan out of this godforsaken hole, whether it be a rope, a ladder, or some kind of chain. And hurry! The defecation bucket is reaching maximum load capacity! Oh, God. And now, back to the program. Why are you guys making those noises? Help! Hey, Nate, you were going to say, before they shove uh, Elijah Wood into the lockers, what do they say? Oh, so when they're walking by, they shove him, and he says, Oh, sorry, I was breathing over here. (laughs) And then that makes them stop. Which is a lesson to all nerds. Just shut up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they uh, then they turn around and uh, decide to raz him harder. Which he's probably about to get fucking crotched again. <laughs> and then Stan comes around the corner and does like a "What's up, dudes?" to kind of get their attention away from you him. You're picking on my buddy Frodo, are you? Just bump. But they dis- they ended up uh, yeah like doing some really broy handshake. Yeah. Oh yeah, you right for tomorrow night, brother. Them. He's like, yeah, unbeknownst to Usher, <laughs> he just quit. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I feel like they would know already. But I guess if the coach is like in the other just room, just busy looking at the pool and drinking water, because <laughs> that's what he was doing. It must be a pre-game no, ritual. He, he was licking them lips. Like, oh, boy, kids Your beautiful bristles. Uh, and he gets them. He, so Stan's he gets them to like, go Stan away. To take a shower. And they say, "Well, first, he says oh, yeah. it must really suck being you." And Stan's like, "You have no idea." <laughs> As he goes into the prison shower to hose himself off. <laughs> this whole, this like whole school's really a, just a shithole. Uh, it looks really, really bad. Is did you guys have shower experiences like that in school at all? No, me either. Oh, dude. In yeah, junior high, I never there was had like, the oldest teacher in school come into the shower when I was in there. <laughs> in junior high, there was a room at Indian Hills that was like a square, and there were showers around. But they weren't like, in this one, it would be five people facing each other. Yeah. They're like on these little towers, and it'd be like you're in a circle around it looking at each other. I remember they used to have showers like that at the Urbandale, like public swimming pool. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess it was the, the Urbandale High School pool, but it was open to the public or whatever but yeah they had the same thing like where all the shower nozzles were like in a circle that's awful i, I mean, don't remember ever and this isn't saying 
Uh, did we have to shower in gym at Indian Hills, or was it optional? It was optional. Because I don't think I, I did I it ever one did. time, and it was when I was making up a gym class, and I, I was the you were only like one making in there. out. I was like, "Whoa!" No. I thought you were yeah. a sexy school shower story. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and I just remember thinking, like, "Yeah, I don't like this. I'm not doing this ever again." Right. And then I in uh, high school, which I only went to the regular high school where we had phys ed for like a quarter, and. Yeah, my shit stunk so bad. Like, it's the worst I ever smelled for sure. It was coming out of that gym class and wearing the awful shit I never washed. <laughs> I never, I never did the school shower thing. It's like, I'm not doing that. I think it yeah. was like it became optional at some point. I don't remember ever having. To I do mean, it. my thing is, I just didn't want to make other students feel inferior when they looked over it's and saw massive, your hog. massive whole hog in it. Over by the shower, Jeez. especially when it gets like warm water on it, it just fucking grows <laughs> like just, a me It's like python. a shrinky dink <laughs> drops. You guys have seen anaconda, sure, yeah, like that. Is that a CGI snake with Nate standing behind it? Yeah, <laughs> that looks fake. Whoa, shit. John Voight just come out of Nate CGI penis? <laughs> the the fake is, it, is John Voight winking at me? The fake extension falls off when I put soap on it. Oh. <laughs> my Dirk Diggler extension. I think he's got soap on a rope. Dude, yeah, so he's in the shower, and we get a scene that... No horseplay. Honestly, it it gives me kind of a similar gross feeling as The uh, as the Shining a bit. Yeah. Like, it's Two, very similar... 237? Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very similar vibe. Like, yeah. I feel like... She has that hunch. It's just gross. They, the, or, the, the shots and the feet are all fucking are gross. gross, too. And that's like, and again, actually practical. Like the the stuff they do give you practical in this movie is all very effective. These little boils are gross. You don't see her whole body, but what you see is just gross enough where like you kind of imagine what else is on frame. Yeah, um, it's just nasty. But then when he's like holding her and he's like, "Someone get like you know get help," you know. Um, he's just about to go for it. And then he's like, oh, "Our hair's he's coming like, off." He's like, "He's like, I'll he, try she it." She comes up and like trying to hug him, and it's like it's really awkward. You, like he's trying to be like, "Oh my god, someone get help!" Like this is a fucked up situation. And his hand touches her head as he's like hugging her, and it's like peels her scalp off, and like chunks of hair and stuff comes off. It is gross, and it is effective. It kind of made me think of the craft. You know, yeah. the part where she makes oh, yeah. her hair fall out? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's just like, why is it keep falling out? I don't know. <laughs> I remember watching that and that just like freaking me the fuck out. I don't yeah. know why. Or Delirious, that movie with John Candy. There's the medicine that he keeps giving mm-hmm. her. Uh, what would that be? Like the brother? Oh, doesn't matter. His hair falls out. Like that. <laughs> just like that. Hey. Boom. Hey. <laughs> You got bamboozled, now your head's falling out. What are you going to do? I'm a fucking witch, huh? <laughs> so then uh, they're sitting down with a couple of the teachers talking about what had yeah. just happened, and they try to well, blow it off. Well, it's Mrs. Olsen, who's uh, Piper Laurie, who's standing in for the missing principal while she heals her mutilated body. <laughs> um, <laughs> but while she's talking, she's like, oh, yeah, that teacher's had cancer. That's why yeah, her, her, her all totally her flesh was sense. rotting in real time in front of you, and all of her hair was just falling out. Yeah. Um. All the drugs she's taking are making her skin peel off of her body. But like that's yeah. not the best part of the scene. The best part of the scene is uh, Coach Willis. Casey look out the window like, what the fuck? And the coach is just standing in the middle of the field with like every sprinkler blasting him with water. <laughs> yeah, with his arms crossed. <laughs> it's kind of looks almost like he's kind of staring back at Casey a little. Like, like I got your number, kid. 
You guys can talk about what happens next. Oh no, we're in the parking lot and fucking Josh Hartnett's selling nudie tapes of Nev Campbell to other students. It's so sick that he's got some VHS tapes he's slanging out of the back. Full frontal, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so he's got that and then uh uh, fuck up number one and fuck up number two come up and buy some more scat. I believe for the second time, right? Is that was that that scene or no? That's later. no, Sorry. no. That's here. They buy some more because then the the teacher I can't think of her name, Jean Grey. Yeah, Jean Grey busts him in the yeah. parking lot and says, "You can't sell your stuff here on school property." He says, "We've got a problem here. This car is my property," <laughs> which that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and then it gets fucking weirdly sexual because he offers her cherry flavored condoms. Cherry flavored Magnum. Magnum oh, sized yeah. cherry flavored condoms. On you have him. to have a Magnum sized dick to have a haircut like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a level of confidence one exudes. I think he's offering up to her to use with another man, <laughs> not himself. Oh, I know. Josh Hartnett's putting it out there, man. You think so? That's why she comes like later, like when she's all foxed up and possessed by fucking parasites, and she's like. Actually, I was here for those cherry flavored candies. Like, is is their weird thing supposed to be okay because he's not technically a, a senior in high school yeah, he's anymore? Like he's like a double he's senior. He's like nineteen. Yeah. So yeah, and she's right. like, but he's still you're so smart. You could graduate last year if only you made an effort. Do you think his <laughs> Do you think his pubis is also uh, gel? Clocked? Just those old tips. Yeah. Yeah. It's awkwardly <laughs> chopped. He's like, sometimes he's like, hey, I'd hate to break this too, but um. I don't really have bad head. This is actually a product. <laughs> what? You've been fooling the whole school, Joshua. He just like kind of just gave up acting, right? Like he was kind of like, yeah, see, he, like he moved was actually to uh, a better actor as time went on. I read, of, I, I read an article where he was saying he didn't like living in Hollywood. Like he hated like the vibe and the culture, and so he moved. I think he lives in Minnesota now. Um, and that's like where he, he, wa- he wanted to stay acting, but as soon as he moved out of Hollywood, obviously people stopped calling. Yeah. You know, which is fucking weird because you can go anywhere to act. Right? Basically, yeah. he's like, I don't want to play the game. Yeah. That's cool. Respect. He's like, I'll fucking act, but I don't want to live here. You know? I'm sure he made money of playing the things he was in that time if he was smart. You know, like, which yeah. sounds like he is if he's like, I don't like this culture and stuff. Like, I just don't want to be down here. Yeah. I just want to be a simple Midwest dude. I don't want to be a fucking. Pillhead and blowing dudes for rolls, you know. I was anymore. Hang, I just want to hang out by a lake. I don't want to end up, you know, between two trailers of Charlie <laughs> Sheen and a Crisco. can of Crisco. Crisco on my butt. <laughs> he was like, "Wait, you want me to do what? I'm moving to Minnesota. Yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> this isn't not today, pal." Uh, but so Casey and Delilah, then they break into the faculty lounge looking for something uh, Delilah can run with for the school paper. Looking for a headline, yeah. and so I think then, oh. That thing with Casey, they'd never really specifically say he's part of the paper. He's just there with her. But I think we're supposed to assume he is because he had the camera when he's taking the picture. Yeah, he's the, he's the photographer he's the, yeah, for the school yeah. paper. But they don't really talk about that per se, I don't think. It just kind of like he just goes in there with her. He's just like, the only implied. person that knows that he's yeah. a camera, apparently, at that time. Fucking nerds. Uh, so, and while they're there looking for stuff, the coach and Mrs. Olsen enter. So, so Casey they dive and in the yeah, They fucking just dive right in there. And then you know what they do? What do they do, They Nate? peep. <gasps> we got some <laughs> window peeping. Yeah. I yeah. thought of that earlier today. I was like trying to think of like if there was any peep. And I'm like, dude, they totally peep out of the they closet. They peep. Closet peeping. 
a rarity on the fright zone, but a welcome peep at that. <laughs> welcome peep. We salute yeah. you, closet peeping. It's an awkward <laughs> outward peep. Yeah. But yeah, it's like the slat. It's uh, peeping, but indoors. Which is, this is, a to me, a callback to Halloween. Mm-hmm. The light, the way the light comes through. And just the idea of being in a closet, trapped. And it's like, if they hear you or see you, Where you're, you're fucking going. dead. Yeah. So they're trying to be cool. So then Selma Hayek's character starts taking some medication. Oh, yeah, she, she comes says, in there. She, why are you guys en- still here? Says there's not enough drugs in the world. <laughs> she eats some more pills. Yeah. Goes and slams half of a Yoo-Hoo. And when she turns <laughs> around, the coach is standing like an inch or two away <laughs> she's from her. Like, oh, okay. Well, and then he backs her into <laughs> Carrie's mom. Yeah, they like flank her. And then he shoves her ass onto the little couch in there. It's pretty intense. Spit some fucking beef jerky in her ear. Dude, his eyes roll in the back of his head. He gets all veiny in his face. And then he starts spitting beef jerky into people's ears. (laughs) And it's kind of a cool, like, it, it is partially practical. Yeah. But they did some CGI over it. And I think it's, it's a nice mix. It's a good. It passes. Yeah. Uh, and the blood, well, the actual, like, splatter blood out of her face after the beef jerky enters her ear canal. Is pretty cool because that's practical. Clearly, and you're like, okay, it's like CGI and practical can work together if you're using them together. Yeah, it's the moment you go too heavy on CG that immediately you feel disconnected from reality. Right. You know. Um, Greg, do you have any water in there? What in the fridge? Yeah, I got. You want you want some bubbly water? Grab me one. I'm getting some bubbly water. Thank you. That was, I was trying to do my cat voice from up there, and you know, the guys like. Daddy's got You know what From what? Pumping iron. Oh, I've still not seen. I will. I just. Okay. I just know that it's like coming. Yeah, I've watched so many clips. I feel like I've seen it, but then I hear yeah. Greg say something. I'm like, I guess I haven't seen it. Or Fright Zone coaster. Shut up. Thank you, Steph. Thanks, Steph. I'm using one too. And then my beverage is in a frat zone koozie. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, the nurse is in there. They spit the thing in her ear. And that's the moment uh, we cut back to the closet. And the corpse of uh, Mrs. Brummels, the lady who was in the shower with Stan, falls to the ground. It was just in the closet with him the whole time. So that, of course, freaks them out. The loud noise alerts the coach and uh, Carrie's mom to their presence. Uh, they start approaching the closet. But that's when Casey... Slams a, a, like a broom, broom handle or something into uh, the T1000's dick, yeah. and they make a beeline out of that room. I don't care uh, what planet you're from, that hurts. That broom handle hurt. Dick. <laughs> and then uh, on the way out, some Hayek looks like bah! wakes up and <laughs> bam, we get a little jump scare, and she grabs Delilah's ankle. But Delilah, you know, quickly gets free of Selma's grip. The beef jerky is not yet accustomed to piloting the <laughs> yeah, human the body. Re- rejuvenating, rejuvenating powers of beef jerky. Are and then they take off, and <laughs> Frodo goes and tells his parents. Well, but not before they run to the principal who's been missing since the stabbing. Oh, sure. And that's yeah, a, yeah. like that's a moment as the viewer you're like, oh, this something else is going on here. Yeah, I, and, I was happy because I was pretty sure that BB Newworth wasn't going to be in this movie oh, anymore. Hogan was back to half chubbing. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And so they're telling her what was going on. That's when Mr. Tate Kruger walks up and they're like, you know, oh, you got here. You know, the, the, they killed the nurse and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they turn around and that's when uh, all three, you know, the coach, uh, Mrs. Olson and the nurse all emerge from the faculty lounge. And the principal's like, 
Uh, what are you talking about? Yeah, and then it's all spooky, and we know something's amiss, and they're like, oh my god, run! <laughs> I'm sorry, there's so many people in this movie, I really just want to call them by their like most well-known Yeah, character. Go names. for it. <laughs> I mean, that helps the, the if you haven't seen this a lot, or whatever, you're going to know... And then they go and fucking you know, Shooter, Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. Dude, yeah. So Shooter McGavin's Casey's dad. Shooter McGavin's Frodo's dad. Frodo's dad. <laughs> so Frodo and his dad, Shooter McGavin, and their mom, who's some lady I don't know from other movies, uh, they all come down to the school and they're explaining to him how, like, no one's dead. The nurse, like, she's diabetic. We had to give her some medicine or she had a seizure or some shit. They give some bullshit story that Delilah and Casey knows bullshit. And, uh, and then Coach is like, good running earlier. Could use you on the field. You have no. some tremendous speed. And Shooter tries to, <laughs> he's like, you hear that, son? You got speed. Hear yeah. that? Hear that, Frodo? Before and I go like, home and take away your porno. One of the, co- <laughs> it's Boob Magazine, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. um, no and he says, he says to him after he takes away his porno, he says, there's no more flogging the bishop, <laughs> yeah. which I've yeah. never heard before. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Takes his porno. No have one you, the have, you, have you looked at a bishop on a chessboard? I haven't. It looks. It looks. Does it look like surprisingly like a dick? Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, while they're at the school too, the principal takes one cop into the office to talk to him because the cops are there too because they're reporting a murder. Um, and they can't get a hold of Delilah. It's like no one can get a hold of her. So he's got no one to uh, to help me. Yeah, Got a tip. All right. This guy's got a little... It looks kind of like a penis when it has a condom on it. Flog the Bishop, an expression of British origin based on the similarity in shape and color between a bishop's uh, miter and the and the gland's penis. Hmm. Okay. Penis glandulus maximus. I've always known it as flogging the bishop rather than bashing the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> bashing the bishops when you fucking beat it like it owes you money. <laughs> uh, I want my 20. So after his his mom and pops, after Shuma Gavin steals Frodo's uh, boob magazine collection that he keeps underneath his bed and rips a book in half, He uh, Frodo tries to sneak out of the house. Did you notice the whack-ass string cheese incident poster in his room? Oh, yeah. It's like for cheese fest or something. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And then he uh, he sees three of the faculty members outside the house, freaks him out, he falls off the roof, and Shimmer Gavin comes out and like, what the fuck you doing sneaking out, you know? Sends him back to his room. Were they really there, or was it in his mind? I think they were. I think they're there, but I think they're fast. Oh, but I okay. think they were there, and the moment they're open, they kind of like spread out. Sure. But when they leave... And then we also get a titular line. Oh, yeah. He's like, that, they were here. Who? The, the faculty. faculty. Yeah. But when cool. they leave, too, it cuts, like, the camera pans over to, like, a window in the house. And it's just, like, the outline of his mom, like, just staring at the window. And, like, they slowly shut the blinds. Which I kind of take that to mean, like... She's already been turned. She's already been turned. Or maybe that's why they were there. Maybe they just turned his parents. Like, cause when they were isolated. Or, I mean, I, was th- I feel like there's just something... This is the first scene. moment when I you realize, to me... That his dad's in on the thing. Yeah. Is when, like, the next day when they're at school, he's getting dropped off, and Coach comes up to talk to Shooter McGavin. Sorry, the T-1000 comes the up T-1000. to talk to Shooter McGavin. I'll take a they both Agent look, Daggett. And they both kind of look at Frodo. Like, oh, he, you know, we know what's going on. Hell yeah. 
It's and then everyone this is when everyone started kind of giving each other second or third glance in the hallways. Whoa, who are weird. you? I've never seen you before. Oh, you have and Delilah on. shows up looking like a nerd. <laughs> yeah, like incognito. And so they go to a. That's all she had to do is pull her hair back and put the glasses on. And she's wearing like you know like a big loose shirt. And, but they uh so they go into the bathroom to talk about what's going on. He's telling them like what they saw and. She says, we can go to the cops. And he says, there, I got the cops. And I'm like, whoa. They're freaking out what's going on. And she's like, we should go find Stan. Because that's who, that's who they should act to, Stan. He's yeah. going to know what's up. Um, yeah. He's the fucking quarterback. He could tackle the, one of these aliens, He's the dude. team captain. He should call the plays. He's in a new stage of his life. He's going to become an academic, uh, you know, guy. And, you know, he might be able to help us out to the forthcoming yeah, He's definitely going to be stronger than Frodo. Oh, that's yeah. That's true. Frodo's got the brains. He's got the brown. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, by the way, also, uh, I didn't mention that. I want to mention this. I want to call this out. You talked about some stuff in this movie already, some songs in between eight. When Schumer Gavin was dropping off Frodo, that was the most grotesque butt rock version of an it Alice was, Cooper song. It was fucking ever. Creed. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, it's that's Creed? Creed? Yeah. Dude, when this happened, I was like, Ugh. I was like, this is such disrespectful butt rock 18 Alice Cooper shit going on here. This is not good. Yeah, you know? it's Creed. <laughs> that makes so much sense. That was Creed. Ah. Barf! How dare we s- dirty the Fright Zone with Creed? Did you guys ever see that video of Scott Stapp on on uh, YouTube where he's like talking about how there's a conspiracy and the government stole his money and then aliens kidnapped him and shit? And you're like, wow, this dude's clearly on drugs. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Maybe the faculty was a true story. He just got the inside scoop when he was there on the set. Dude. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a teacher's lounge montage where they're bringing water. in gallons and five <laughs> gallon containers of water. And when I was watching this, one of the times I watched it. And they're it, cranking the AC also. Which, there's two <coughs> things there. Uh, so I was watching, one of the times I watched it, I watched it with my wife, Emily, who was a teacher for 16 years. And she, one of the shots in that scene is just the coffee pot empty. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's how you know they're not human anymore. Right. Because the teacher's lounge is never out of coffee. There's always a hot pot of coffee awesome. at all times. And then, yeah, like, it has this do not use sign hanging off the window air conditioner. Yeah. And you think, like, what is it, like, going to short circuit? Or, like, why wouldn't they want them to use it? And it's like, they just don't want them to have air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> like, because the, when, they, when they knock the sign off to turn it on, it's, like, brand new, clean, under the sign that says do not use. Yeah. And, like, brown everywhere else. It's clearly working, too. I don't yeah. know why they don't want them to use it. It still has the tassels yeah. from the store. Mm-hmm. The demo mode. Demo mode tassels. Which those tassels, by the way, are everywhere. Not everywhere, but there's two places. There's there on the fucking AC, and then the weird beef jerky in the fish tank, and then also in the uh, in the gymnasium, the tassels are hanging, too. And they did that intentionally to mimic the, the beef jerky in the tank. Really? Yeah. Huh. Oh, well, that's cool. Oh, beef jerky fingers. The artistry of the beef jerky tendrils <laughs> never. <laughs> the beef jerky tendrils. So, um, in class, Mary Beth pushes Stokely to talk to Stan, as she can tell Stokely has the hots for him. And Stan tells a story about how he wants D's, not A's. He deserves D's. He doesn't want a pity A because he has a good football arm. He wants D's. He worked hard for those D's. Mm hmm. Just so a, the guy has some we integrity. call that you, you got integrity. You gotta give it that this jock <laughs> wants to turn his life around. He doesn't want to be a jock anymore. He's rejecting that. He wants to learn, and he and he wants he has integrity. So respect this is the, the part. Stand. This is also respect the part the where I start like 
I was saying earlier, like, it starts getting insulting, though. Because, like, now the, like, goth girl or whatever is starting to pretend like she, or not pretend, but she's like, no, I actually do like football. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay, here we Where go. Where he says what he's like, oh, I'm going to, I want to, yeah, get get a D yeah. or whatever. And she's like, but we won that game because of you. And you, and she, she knows all the stats. Yeah. And she's like, this girl does not fucking watch football. No way. At all. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on with sports when I was in school. Right. I still don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't know what If I'm watching like a lot of sport games like I'm watching I'm like I don't I don't understand even the sport enough where I can even like I under, I mean I understand like really what needs that. to happen, how many downs there are. I just like, yell whenever anybody it. else yells. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to hurt. But I like I couldn't possibly care any less, right? You know, I think that's it's fair to say that sports are not my thing. Um, so quick question because oh, we, we glossed over yeah. something and I didn't understand it earlier. So uh, when he's grounded, right? When they take his copies of Boob Magazine, yeah, and they're no more flogging the bishop. They leave, and then he does something on his computer. Yes, and there's a weird, like, mechanical... Right. Like, <laughs> What the fuck thing. are we supposed to think that he was doing? He types out something about what's going on, prints him something. I don't know, I feel like we lost a scene. But like, something was clearly so cut like he out. Probably, yeah, it doesn't come and up then, again. And then, because he wanted to sneak out, I feel like he was typing a letter delivered to someone. No, because or... there's, like, a weird robot. Yeah. Which part of his printer. It's just showing that he's <laughs> smart, and he can make... Stuff out of this fucking alien beef jerky. What was he like? This fucking printer robot. I'm gonna break out here. Then he went to leave, like, I don't know. Or was a note like, Dear Mom and Dad, I'm leaving to stop the alien. I don't like it. It could have been. I know. And and he was gonna send it to them via fucking robot. It was definitely something that they left in the movie that there had to have been another scene for that they cut later. But they're sure, fuck, leave it there before he escapes. It's fine. He's a nerd. He's doing something important. Like, they could have just cut that whole thing out then. Just show him climbing out the window. Yeah. Sorry, just like, but they built they built the little mechanical rat thing. They wanted people to see that. (laughs) Uh, I gotta move. But uh, yeah, so then Mr. I like when they're in class. Mr. Date gives them an assignment to write down all their living family members or relatives. Oh, we didn't mention that every time they've shown Mr. Date, George's boss Kruger from uh, Seinfeld, he's always drinking like booze in his coffee mug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This moment we know he's for sure possessed or infected because he's drinking a huge bottle of water. The way he drinks the water is gross. He's an alien. It's like. <laughs> they don't, don't know, know how to work his lips yet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, how, how's that though? And then, like <laughs> and then Stan says, uh, "Is this going to be on the test?" And he says, "This is the test." Cool, man. Yeah. Um, we'll Uncle see Bob. Gonna, uh, gonna... Marybeth asks Zeke about the drugs he sells, and he offers her some, but she tells him, "I'm allergic to aspirin, so that would kill me." Um. But she seems kind of hot on him. How could you not be with that beautiful, beautiful hair? Yeah, and he's Zeking it up. Yeah, Mary Beth Louise Hutchison. Question. Do you guys consider Zeke to be the, the main character of this movie? No. Who do you consider to be the main character? Frodo Baggins. Yeah. Okay. I view Frodo as the true hero. Yes. But I do think they put more emphasis on Zeke doing things than Frodo. 
Like, oh, Frozen, for sure. Froze, like, ends up being the victor. Spoiler right. or wherever we're talking about this movie. He ends up divesting the, the beast, right? But I feel like they play up Zeke more because we get more screen time of Zeke than Frodo. Because all this interaction, Mary Beth and all this stuff. I, I, and, like, that we see him before any of their characters... Like when he drives in and stuff, like I, in you know, he makes the drug and all this. Well, and I feel like they, he has more screen time, even though I feel like he's n- not necessarily the lead character. Yeah, but in like 1998, who's the bigger draw, Josh Hartnett or Elijah Wood? Well, that's what I'm saying, though. That's why it's still weird screen time wise, though. If he's yeah. not supposed to be the hero, like you give him some, I don't know. Just some, I was well, curious not really either. Thought. I mean, Josh Hartnett, this is like a second movie, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? I'm trying thing. to think. This, what? He'd done. Uh, H2O, right? At, That's, yeah, right H2O time. was his first movie. So this is his second movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Crazy. So at the time, he would, I mean, people, I don't think, well, maybe I mean, they the were horror like, scene, people watched H2O. Yeah. Not to like a generally welcome, like not everyone loved that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, you it's know. no resurrection. I mean, if you also just look at leading males, though, he's like six foot tall and yeah, semi handsome yeah. whereas you know Elijah Woods like, like three feet tall with yeah. hairy oh, feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> totally. Uh a bunch of kids are being called in the principal's office. There's weird vibes all around. Usher tells Stan he's the new team captain, tells Stan the nurse is giving people ear exams. Uh <laughs> Which means they're just sticking beef jerky in their ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Selma Hayek lures you in there. I think she's and then she shoves some jerky up your ear. Specifically says ear exams or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think. And then Casey tells Stokely he needs her help. Uh, and Zeke and Mary Beth are walking around. Zeke notices people seem really weird. There's a line of like 20 people sucking down the water fountain. You see the, the fuck you girl or fuck up, fuck you, yeah. fuck, fuck you boy, boy fuck you girl. Fuck you boy isn't reacting to fuck you girl yeah. beating on him. He's just staring. Yeah, first time you see them, they're like beating the shit out of each other. And this time there's like one's real docile. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Hyde and his buddy from fucking. That other movie. Oh, Days and Confused? Yeah, Days and Confused. Uh, they show up, and they're like, Yo, man, you got more of that scat, brother? So you got any on you? Got some in your car? And he's like, oh, uh, sure. Yeah, he's like, where else do you have it? Where's it at? So See, this that... is... Oh, you go ahead. This is the first time I've seen this, like, since it originally came out. And so I started thinking, like, oh, he's going to get, like, fucking busted. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, the cops were there earlier. I was like, oh, the fucking cops are yeah. going to take him to jail. See, but, what I thought on the second viewing when I watched it so close to each other yes. is, like, I thought that it was a foreshadowing that, like, they knew that that stuff could kill them and that they, they had been they, infected. Yeah, absolutely. And they were trying to get as much away from him as possible. That's 100% right. what's happening. I yeah. 100% agree with you. Um, they don't elaborate that much on it, though. Yeah. They still just seemed kind of human to me. I'll, yeah. I'll edit this because it's mega spoiler, but that's also the whole reason Mary Beth's with him. They, they know. They know that's what will kill them. That's yeah. the whole reason she's there. She's the queen. She's trying to find out this guy that has the threat so that they can isolate him and stop it out the gate. That's why she's like, what's that drug you have in an earlier scene already? Yeah. She already knows. I'm I allergic think if they to got aspirin. there and they figured it out fast that kills because they can just re- reproduce and duplicate, right? Yeah. I feel like she figured that out fast and was like, we need to figure out what that is and stop it. So I'll, I won't yeah. But that's no, totally that makes happened. sense. Yeah. Because that's why they're there. Like, hey, do you have more of that? Cool. Where all is it located? Because that's also then why at the end, when uh, he goes out to the trunk to get the drugs, it's already gone because they yeah. already know it's there and they've already taken it. Yeah. That makes so, total sense. Which is odd. That's why this movie's a rewarding rewatch. I think, like, the script is fucking tight. Like, it's stuff that would normally be like a plot hole and stuff. This movie's like, went 
deep to make sure everything connects. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, like, why do they just have a tank of water? Science class. <laughs> yeah. To put things in that Frogs. they find. Frogs. Yeah. Yeah, that's not implausible to me. Well, maybe someone will find some extraterrestrial beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> Plop it in here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he's talking to those dudes, and that's when Miss Burke arrives, and uh, she fucking just, like, go- she's all, like, fox up, and she goes off on how he's a piece of shit, and his mom's a fucking loser and out of town, and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to have you, my foot so far, what is it, uh, what does she say? She's like, I'll have my foot so far up your ass, you'll be licking my toes until graduation. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's got a spaghetti, a red spaghetti strap, like, top on. Yeah. Her glasses are gone somehow. And she's got a completely different demeanor and attitude, which is basically like, fuck you, towards yeah. him. But it's also, like, kind of sexual vibe, because she yeah. like, grabs the back of his neck and yeah. close talks him and stuff. Yeah, it's it's weird. If I catch you peddling your wonder dust around here again. Yeah. And then what Hogan just said. <laughs> I'll shove my foot so far up your ass will be sucking my toes till graduation. <laughs> uh, so wait, do, does the beef jerky help you see or not? Because she had to put the glasses on. The other teacher took the glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> um, then what do we have here? I think it makes, it's just it's the idea is that it makes you do things that are out of character. Right. Oh, when she walks away. He goes, she got some bad shit. (laughs) (laughs) And they go to the library and um, Casey tells Stokely about what happened the night before. And then she tells him it's like pod people slash major the body snatchers. Um, Yeah, this is where the story really starts to come together. This is the section two where it's like, this is Kevin Williamson just straight up fucking doing his scream shit. Like, it's like, this is like that tone. Bam, right here. He's like, I love this shit. I, I, I'll I, talk about it. I'm going to reference it. He's even within the scene referencing the shit that Invasion of the Body Snatchers ripped off, yeah. which is cool. That's trip. Like, yeah, but that's good. But also, did you know this? Like, yeah. it, it's like it is like a horror movie flex. And I think it's pretty cool. Um, Plus, but even if it, even if it made one bit. person go watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers that had never seen it, it's cool that they yeah. put it in there. Right. Yeah, totally. But then I like I like that they either one. Um, but the puppet is it? Pu- it's not puppet master. I was saying because so yeah, it is. Oh. I started thinking about full moon puppet masters. And I was like, no, that's not right, no. man. Puppet master and puppet master yeah. is. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. I love that name drop. Uh, but maybe the X Files was right. <laughs> and stuff too. So that puppet masters movie is based on the astor- original story that Invasion of the Body Snatchers took from. Puppet masters is is like. Because I've never it, seen it. Invisible, yeah, Invisible Box is it good. Like, rips off Donald Nash. Sutherland. Yeah, I know he's in it. He's on the box, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean that postdates Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. So I mean, I, like, I don't. I guess I don't know about the stories themselves. Like, I just I think that it was originally are. there's a story called the Puppet Masters. Mm-hmm. At least that's if I'm, if I'm basing yeah. all my information on what I learned from the faculty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's then, uh. They pulled from it or whatever. I watched it. I don't know. It's been a couple years ago now. I remember it being pretty fun. It's kind of kind of the same thing. Like the the uh, the creatures in that like cling to your spine, right? And they like have this like weird thing that like goes in your neck and controls you. You know, it's like Elmer. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Basically. Yeah. But it goes in. It doesn't hang out on the outside. Yeah. Make you see all yeah, the colors the of the Rainbow. Masters is uh, 1951. 
Oh. So the story's from. Mind controlling parasites. Huh. So that So does... this movie's actually more like that in a way. Yeah. Visualized centers, which is cool. It's people it's this movie's basically telling you this the movie you think we're referencing is not what we're referencing. Right. Which I think is a funny flex. It's like it's like invasion by centers like Actual well, it's like, well, it's like, will there be pods where there's pods? It's like, well, maybe it's like body snatchers than the one that that ripped off that's parasites. Yeah. Which is funny. You know, like, I just think that's, it's just clever. Oh, yeah. Um, in, a, in a fun way, like, I, I dig it. Um, then what do we got here? I think then we have here. So Casey, Stokely, Delilah, and Stan go to Professor Furlong's classroom and find the fishing tank empty. No! And this is where Casey's like, yo, Stan, we think there's aliens here and they've infested the school. Meanwhile, Zeke's taking uh, Mary Beth to the storage room that's adjacent to the science lab as he's taking uh, ingredients. Presumably, he's using them to make drugs, which, you're, uh, Nate, you, you were saying earlier, his big setup. And why does he have that if he's just selling just caffeine pills ground up? Because I think he sells more than that. Yeah. I think like this, because if that's all it is, why is he raiding the storage room? No, he says later that the caffeine is the secret ingredient. Oh, and then there's more, too. Yeah, the stuff that he's stealing from the science lab is, like, the shit that he's making it with. Lighting okay. up a cigarette indoors, like, no one's going to smell that. Yeah, with a bunch I of love, fucking chemicals. If that's yeah. thing, it's also, like, this bad boy monk, because he's just smoking around all the shit that... Something there has to be flammable. Something there has to be Probably explosive. everything in there is flammable. But then yeah. he and Mary Beth start making out. <laughs> uh, but then they overhear the others talking about the alien invasion in the other room. So, um, but, like, when they're like, why here? Why would they do it here? And that line's great because it's actually kind of like, it makes sense. Like, if you were going to take over the world, would you blow up the White House Independence Day style or sneak in through the back door? Apparently, Ohio is the back door of the world. (laughs) It does make sense, though. If you were a parasitic alien creature, if you started somewhere remote, you'd be able to amass more before you got to the bigger place, you know? You think if they would have started kissing more, he would have gotten turned right there? Absolutely. Yeah. It was like one second away from happening. Yeah. I mean, she could have done it right then, too. Yeah, she could have just grabbed his face. and She, still, she could do it any time here. I think. I, I think, mean, if she were to be one. Yeah. Uh, I cut that out. I still think the goal is that, <laughs> the goal is that they want to know what exactly the thing is that could kill them. I think that's the whole reason they're being cool. It's all slow burn. Like, I want to know what it is that would kill us. Yeah. You know? Because they killed him, they still wouldn't know. It's like, this is a source. I can find out the threat to my existence here and stop it. You know, well, sodium, it'll dry you out. Mm. That's why there's so much sodium in beef jerky. Oh, <laughs> that's why the only thing saved their kinds yeah, of water. Remember, they put water on it's it. It's so salty. Ca- <laughs> yeah. And not um. to you know jump way ahead, but we're talking about this specific thing. How the fuck does it jump in the pool? The pool would be full of chlorine. Right. It would die instantly. Which also dries you out. Yeah, it would kill the creature instantly. Maybe it's a natural uh, natural spring pool. I yeah, propose right. <laughs> that the creatures have already drained it and filled it back up with other water. You think so? Totally plausible. Yeah. Totally plausible. How long does it take to fill up a pool that I mean, size? look at all that water they brought into the school. A couple days. They brought a lot of water in that school. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we need like 4,000 containers of water stat. <laughs> so they're just like going in there at night and just rolling around in it. I mean, they could be. They don't, yeah. we don't know if they need sleep even. Maybe like Terminator. They don't eat, they don't sleep, they don't feel pain, they can't be reasoned with. Uh, but yeah, so while they're talking this shit, this is when Zeke then airs the room screaming and like coughing. 
Oh, you fucking prankster. Acting like he's like, oh! <laughs> yeah. The case, no alien school is you. Gotcha, yeah. you fucking, fucking nerds. <laughs> and then he spanks his cheeks and takes his lunch money. Um, <laughs> and then the professor, Furlong, uh, John, John Stewart of The Daily Show fame, enters the room and he's like, hey, what's going on here? And Zeke's like, hey, John Stewart, Frodo here thinks you're an alien. And John Stewart pulls down the shades and he's like, is that true? Frodo. Is that what you think, Frodo? And then uh, <clears throat> uh, Josh Hartnett tries to leave and uh, John Stewart grabs him by the arm and throws his ass on the ground. So then, like, uh, they're all fighting with John Stewart and Zeke rips the arm off the paper cutter. like, Which fucking... is pretty fucking fantastic. It's a pretty like, cool shot. I feel like I remember that being in the trailer. It is. Because it it's, like, awesome. in slow motion. It's super dramatic. It's in the trailer for the soundtrack, too. And let's be real. <laughs> He looks cool when he rips that off. He it does. is like, like it's a badass. I'm like, yeah. Like, it's totally unnecessary that he has one foot on the table. Oh, <laughs> you <yeah>. know? <laughs> Go to hit him with the uh, paper cutter, cuts his fingers off. His fingers all crawl away like they're part of the thing. Um, and then he's like strangling uh, Josh Harden. And Josh Harden stabs him in the eye with a container of scat, which is the drug he makes. And then John Stewart goes all fucking uh, ash out of Alien on the Nostromo, starts spitting foamy milk all over the goddamn place. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, dude. And then, uh, drops to the floor in between a couple of desks. She's just fucking twitching. Then Stan throws him the paper cutter thing again in the arm. And he goes to hit him, but he's like, oh, he's already dead. Yeah. Uh, then they make, they're like, we're going to get out of here. We'll be real cool. So they go through the hallways, acting cool as cucumber. Everyone's staring at him. Everyone's staring <laughs> no, one at him. Of, the one kids, of them goes, the this is right about the time somebody says we should get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they just make their way out of there. They get to the car, and then like Usher comes up like, hey, what's up? And like, oh, fuck you, Usher. They, <laughs> and they peel out, and they're driving away, and they go back to, you know, Josh Hart wants to go show them uh, his crib and his elaborate oh, uh, his fucking mad drug, scientist playset in his basement. <laughs> and they, uh, they're going over there and they avoid a police blockade on the way. They get there. They go downstairs like, oh, this is my crib. And Mary Beth's like, yo, is that a box of caffeine pills? He's like, oh, yeah, don't tell nobody, though. You didn't see that. And he covers up with a towel. So it's like, wait, so the drug's just like caffeine stuff? Smashed up raw caffeine? Yeah, it's my secret ingredient. Uh, um, you can snort that stuff from what I've heard. <laughs> Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> but yeah, but then they're like, hey, you know what I mean? The thing? We should do that thing just like in the thing with blood tests, but instead you're all going to do my drugs. We know my drug kills those things. So the way you guys aren't those fucking <laughs> things. Also, I have a revolver here. I'm Josh Hartnett. I'm going to point this revolver at your fucking head and make you snort my drugs right now. <laughs> this is the part of the scene where I'm like, oh, shit, he really is a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a gun. Like, it's all harmless. And he's like, points his gun at these kids' heads, like, like, snort it now! I mean, it's basically like, the same thing, except, like, in the thing, right? It's just a, a fucking flamethrower. Yeah. It's like, do the shit or I'll fucking light you on fire. Yeah. I mean, it's just such an unexpected moment in this mm-hmm. movie for me all of a sudden. I'm like, whoa, this went to 11. So basically, they all snort this, and, like, everything's going okay. Everyone's just getting real giggly. They're all getting the snickle fits. And then um, uh, when they're having the snickle fits... Uh, that's when they Delilah. Out, uh, Delilah is uh, one of those fucking things. So then they shoot her in the face. <laughs> yeah, or I don't know. No, uh, no they, they shoot her in the face. They, they try to shoot her, but she fucking busts. She's like fucking. She that busts out the garage up. door. Oh yeah, that's right. She Kool Aid mans her way out of there. Yeah. She destroys the drug rig. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the mad scientist set up and the supply, and then she bursts out of the wall of the garage like Kool Aid man and runs off into the night. 
And then they like, and then like Mary Beth and Elsa are like, hee 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 that was scary. <laughs> and they decide they're going to go kill the queen because they think there's a queen parasite and they kill the queen. Then all the other parasites will die and everyone will go back to being normal. I don't it's know a, how they like got to that conclusion. It's a theory. I thought it was because Stokely read Puppet Masters or something. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. It's based on her ideas. Yes. She says that they're a hive mind. I think her and uh, Casey come up with it. And, uh, yeah, so then uh, they head back to school where the big game's happening, and uh, at the big game, I love that they're showing, like, all the players, like, ushers, like, tackling guys, and they shoving beef jerky in the opponent's ears. <laughs> that was awesome. Definitely the coolest thing Usher ever did. We did wash over the part where they infect the mouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, they they uh, give a parasite to to Josh Hartnett's beloved mouse. His name then, is Oscar. And then it gets all weird, and then he's like, Sorry, buddy. And he kills Oscar, and they dissect him, and they're like, mm-hmm, yes, it seems that the drug that we just saw killed the other infected person also, in fact, kills this infected thing as well. I think that we should use it to kill the infected things, but now everyone must snort this. I think it's weird that, like, he reaches in, like, I would be a fucking, he reaches in to kill Oscar the rat after he's infected it. Uh, personally, just having seen what it has done, like, I'd be afraid to put my hand in that fucking cage. Yeah. Yeah, why don't you just blow some of that dust Like, just face? that tiny little thing. Yeah. Like, that. like, fuck that. Like, all it has to do is, like, make its way up your arm real quick. Yeah. Or, like... Remember the time the beef jerky bot bit John Stewart? <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, and now it's much bigger, and it has a tail. But, uh... Do you think that it infected John Stewart through the bite? Or do you think it got in him later? The bite. I don't know. Good question. I they guess never it could let us be. Know. We don't see it infect anyone else if you bite. Problem is, we don't get to see a lot of people get infected in this movie. We don't know what else possible. I don't no. think that's how you do it. Just, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's in the ear because we see Selma Hayek gets it in the ear. She was doing ear exams too. We and know doing it's a good ear way exams. to get infected. Yeah, and it's I a, feel like it's a direct route. Like to the you brain. guys were talking about Shooter McGavin. See, I don't think Shooter McGavin was infected when he was at the school. I think, I think the coach the leaning the coach leaning up to him. to him at the car. I think that's that's when he got when infected. Because like, it makes hey, sense. Let me whisper something your best. Yeah. Right. So it's definitely one of those like uh, movies where the transformation process isn't always the same. Right. You know. Uh, sometimes it takes two seconds. Sometimes it takes ten minutes. So once they get to the school, they uh, end up getting luring the principal into the gym because they think she's the queen. And uh, oh, BB New Earth. Yeah, and Hogan's half chubbed again. <laughs> he likes when she's so evil. More BB New Earth. Yes. And they shoot her in the dome. Which we all kind of know isn't true, right, already, because there's, how could it be? Yeah, this isn't the end of the movie. I looked at my coach watch. She can't be the queen, because how's the movie over The then? coach clearly Yeah, we already know the coach killed her earlier, so, so someone it's, else's. Like, it's somebody before the coach. Yeah. Right. I mean, they shoot her in the dome. A bunch of those CGI parasite beef jerky start coming out of her face. <laughs> and then they, and then Mary Beth's like, ah! And, like, throws a bunch of scat all up on the principal. And the principal just like turns into a bubbly mess. They're not I, being very like uh, rationing. No, with, they're not rationing the. He scat. is kind of like whoa, whoa, that's enough, that's enough. Yeah. I also don't see why they're not just like going to the cafeteria and finding like the gallon of salt or right. something because that would do the same thing, right? You would think. Yeah, we don't know what all's in his special cocktail. That's true. Maybe they think that it's that specific cocktail that's making it happen. But I feel like you could dilute it a little bit and put it in a spray bottle. Super Soakers, uh, Ernest Scared Stupid style. Yeah. Um, Make it go a little further. And then, uh, so then they're like, well, we need to see if that worked, and everyone's back to normal. Hey, Stan, 
Why don't you go see what's going on with all the aliens out <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, you don't have yourself. anything fucking going on. Like, yeah. You're a D student. Hell yeah, guys. <laughs> I could do that for you. So then they're like, they're like, here, take this one thing of scat just in case. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, this one thing of scat versus the entire army of uh, aliens out there. I'll probably be good as long as, you know, I, I'm fast. I was the best football player. I'll, I'll, he's so he the quarterback. He doesn't have to run. Yeah. <laughs> so he heads out there. Yeah, he had a good arm. <laughs> yeah. if, if there was a, Nate, you were talking earlier about, like, if someone puts it out and made a cool painted cover, this could be one of the coolest things on that cover to me is, like, He's had a lot when he goes out there and he sees all the football players and the coach stay in the field in the rain, and they all have like the little fucking the tendrils coming out of their faces, face going on. They're like, ah. that's something like if you did like a cover, there could be just like a line of them standing at the bottom of the box, yeah, and like looking up like that thing's coming out of their face. Yeah. And shit. That, that's so cool. Like that's such a memorable shot in the movie to me. But so anyways, Stan realizes the... we did not get the queen, and he makes a run for it. I had the thought that it would be funny if. Uh... He's like, all right, I'll take it. And then he just goes and like does the scat and like takes off. Like he's just like he's addicted now because he had to do it earlier. <laughs> he goes to Hartnett's car and he breaks his window and he just starts doing all that's where drugs. all that scat went. The rest of the movie is just them like, do you see him? Yeah, yeah. where'd he go? He's coming back. He just went to any other state where this isn't happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you know, this could have been a cool movie to be like, yeah, you know, everything's fine here, but like, did it happen anywhere else? And then mm. they could have had to go to other towns like Ghostbusters style. Yeah, like, dude. They know how to kill them. So they, yeah. uh, they, they could then two longs pass where a faculty sequel will not be more like, Oh, if you've I'd done some back it. then, but if you've done back then where it's like it, like you're saying them going to other towns stuff, it'd feel like feel good. I feel like this, this could have been, if they can, deserved a sequel kind of to me, but they could make it super nineties. It wouldn't be that hard if they can make stranger things feel the way that it does. Like, they could make a movie that feels like Oh, yeah. More faculty. Just go to a barber and be like, hey. <laughs> give me the Josh Hart. Give me that Josh Hart here. Yeah. I want that bed head. Yeah. But not. Uh, <gasps> so, yeah. So, then Stan runs back to school and he's like, let me fucking in, guys. Let me fucking in. And Zeke's like, I don't think we should let him in. I'm jo well, Josh Hart. And it's like, I'm not letting this guy in. And they're like, yo, Give him some. They're like, "Hey, where's the scat?" He's like, "I dropped it. I dropped it when I was running from home." They're like, "Okay." They give him one. They're like, "Here, do the scat. Then we'll let you." He's like, "Come on, do it inside." Like, do it. So then he holds up to his face and he's like, "Dumps the scat out." Cause Stan's a fucking alien. And we also left out that before he went away, oh, him and Stokely, Stokely. Yeah, what you just said. <laughs> he did it like a Frenchman would. Yes, with his tongue. So like, there was this kind of moment. Where you're like, okay, this is all sort of coming to fruition, this like thing that's been building up, and then he goes away, so that when it shows that he turns, she's obviously the most affected by it. She looks like super bummed out. Well, then he keeps yelling at her, like the rest of them kind of walk away, and she's just looking out the door, and he's like yelling at her, like, "It's so much better. You'll be happy. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. You don't have to be alone. You can suck on my face." Uh, <laughs> forever, my beef jerky. Forever, tongue. everything's better once you go beef jerky. Um, let's see what's here. Yeah, so then uh, they go back to the gym. They have a little pep talk, and Zeke's like, 
I think I have more scat in the trunk of my car, actually. Let's go for it. So then Casey and Zeke go for it. And the entire football team's patrolling outside looking for him. So Casey leads the infect away from Zeke. And Zeke and, the, and, uh, and Casey, I mean Frodo. Yeah, Frodo leads them all away. Yeah, Frodo this is the, uh, the classic bus. decoy situation. And uh, <laughs> while he's in the bus, like all the football team's trying to fuck with him. But Zeke gets to his car and he finds the trunk's empty. But Miss Burke's there waiting. And she's like, hey there, sweet cheeks. Or whatever the fuck she says. And, this is like approaching another thing reference too, because yeah. what's his name? What's her name? Miss Burke. Yeah. Uh, jumps on the hood of his car, and then he drives away with her on it and crashes into a fucking school bus where she gets decapitated. Yeah, dude. And then her head is just crawling around in the parking lot looking for the body. It's one of the more unfortunate CGI moments in the movie where I'm kind of like, oh, it's hey, pretty hey, fucking hey, awful. Hey. And like, it's also like, why is that? creatures construction so much different than any of the other ones we've seen up to this point. We haven't seen yeah. any dismembered. That's a full grown tentacle jerky buddy. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of jerky in her in her pretty little face. And she is the like one of the first ones. I mean not the first, but like I don't know if it gets bigger as the a para, if it's a parasite, it would grow as time went on. I mean on. it got pretty yeah. big in that fish tank. Yeah. That's a lot of jerky <laughs> in that turkey. <laughs> That's a huge jerky. Um but then back in the gym, like, uh... oh, yeah, I like when, yeah, her head gets ripped off and just walking around, and, and he's basically like, fuck this, and just, like, walks off while she's trying to put her head back together. Um, but then back in the gym, Mary Best reveals to Stokely that she's the queen! Who would have thought the new girl hanging out with all these people? Real curious about the stuff that kills aliens. Could be the queen. We should have seen it coming. She was too sweet. And that's why she threw so much of the scat on that girl. She was trying to get rid of the supply. Um, Can we rewind this for one second? I want to see if the... She has it in her nose and she tips it backwards. Right, but later they show us what she did. Yeah, and that's I wanna not I want to see it. if we see it at all no. in this. It just shows her... So it would go in her nose no matter what. So they turned right as it would have happened. Does, yeah. Her, just, like, tentacle pinky knocked the cat. And then it comes out the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. When she closed up that nose hole. Oh, yeah. She closed it's up like, the nose, <laughs> too. She has, like, a flesh. Yeah, she got a little trap door in her nose. Yeah. yeah. And she would also know that something like this would happen, because if they have a hive mind, she would know that Delilah has been turned already. Yeah. And now we're going back in time. <laughs> yes. But uh, she becomes a giant fucking monster. It seems like maybe there's close-ups that are practical, but the bulk of it's a giant CGI mess. And uh, chases uh, Stokely uh, around the gym. Casey shows up. Frodo Baggins shows up just in time. They keep running. They hide in the locker room. And then Zeke comes inside, and he finds them in the locker room. And Mary Beth's, like, nude there, too, right? Uh, She's completely nude. And they're like... Oh, I skipped over the swimming here. Sorry. When they run out of the gym, they like run through where the, the pool is. And uh, Mary Beth, giant monster, jumps in the pool and like swims across it so fast to the other side of the room where they've already it ran. It would be very scary if it, that was happening. Oh, yeah. And they, <laughs> and they just yank Stokely underwater. Uh, but like Frodo gets her out, and that's when they go to the locker room. I like feel that, too. When they like... When they when run. The, the, no, like when the fucking tentacle like pulls her legs out from under her and her head just smashes on the concrete that right next to the pool. That face plane and like, and there's like blood. You yeah. feel that. It's like that hurt. Yeah. Like, it's good. It's a good little moment. Um, and it gives weight to what's happening. Yeah. Uh, but once Frodo pulls her out of the water, they go and hide in the locker room. 
And that's when Zeke comes inside and he finds them there. But Mary Beth's like nude since she like became the big monster. Of course, she ripped through her clothes. So now she's going back to human form. She's just butt naked. So he comes in there and he's like, oh, what's going on? She's trying to talk to Margaret. Everything's normal. And he's like, why are you naked? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's when. You know, Do you not like my body, Josh Hartnett? Yeah. Uh, Is there something wrong? <laughs> and he goes to stab her with the scat that he has. And then Stokely grabs his arm from behind. So presumably she popped some beef jerky in her ear real fast when they're underwater. While she was swimming. Um, so uh, that's when then our boy Frodo comes up and he shoves Stokely into like a little like batting cage kind of, I don't know, some cage it's in the, the storage room. Store, it's a cage in the yeah. yeah it's so, where they keep all the fucking yeah, jocks. Yeah, and... it's where we keep these straps. No one wants to be stealing these, put them on the Johnsons at night. So they <laughs> fucking slam them in there, lock it. Uh, then what? Oh yeah, and then like the big monster basically knocks over a locker and it knocks uh, Josh Hartnett unconscious, and then the cat and mouse final showdown begins between Frodo Baggins and Mary Beth, Alien Queen, Queen Jerky. Uh, Frodo versus Queen Jerky. Yes, fight. And uh, they run around for a while. He goes and he takes some scat off of Josh Hartnett's knocked out by, and he's even like, hey, thanks, buddy, when he takes it. I think that's actually the line, right? It's like, thanks, pal. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, think there's only like three scat pens left. They run around. They're like, and um, <laughs> the chase ends up back in the gym, and it goes underneath the bleachers, but the bleachers are like shutting while they're doing it. And basically the big... Uh, Jerky Queen gets stuck oh, crushed the by the jerkies, and she can't. The giant monstrous body cannot defeat the mechanism of the gym bleachers. And she's I can't. Stuck. I can't for the life of me believe that gym bleachers are that strong. That's what I mean. I don't know why her body couldn't beat it. But then he like uh, stabs her in the face with this last scat pin, and then in one last ditch effort to for, uh, to survive. She spits out those little beef jerky things right into his face, and it's actually pretty cool practical stuff again where it's like, Goes it looks in. painful. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, you're like, ah, oh, that looks gross. It uh, could have been done very poorly. Like, we're going to make it look really good in yeah. post. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It looks great. Uh, and then as the queen, the jerky queen dies, all the jerky tendrils die and fall off his face. So we know things are going to be okay. And Frodo lives. To carry a ring to it. And also left out a whole part about, so there's this football game going on. Yeah. And, uh, or or is that? Yeah, they're spitting jerky up in the ears. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Usher was like, yeah, put my jerky up in your ear, baby. All right. Um, Sorry, we're just flying through it. I missed, like, the whole part. That's when when they first got to the school, before they tied up the principal, I think. Yeah. Uh, And then, um... Then what the fuck happens? Uh, oh, yeah, then it's like one we month get this, later. Then we get the super insulting fucking ending. <laughs> yeah, one month <laughs> later. It's like, everyone's normal again. Life's great. All the characters are dating each other. Their lives have completely changed. And Frodo, the press want to talk to him because people have heard that there might have been an alien invasion and he might have saved the world. But a lot of people think that's a bunch of hogwash. Yeah, he's on Life like... Life is good. He's on the cover of Time magazine. And there's a part where it shows Josh Hartnett's character, Zeke, there. And now he's a football he, player smoking like, while he's playing football. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, the whole thing's uh, like... This is also his last year weird. there. So it's yeah. like, what? I'm going to play football for my last year at school? Yeah, Halfway through the season? It's so weird. Um, 
And the lesbian is now not a lesbian. And there's Wait, no... I guess she was pretending to be a lesbian. She's just wanted people to leave her alone. But she's wiped now. off her eyeliner and now put on a purple dress like Ali Sheedy in The Breakfast Club. And, uh, yeah, there's no cool twist ending or anything. The whole time I'm like, this is really goofy, but you're just waiting for it to do some cool twist thing where you're like, fuck yeah, that ruled. Instead, it's just a really bizarrely over-the-top happy ending, and then the movie's over. Just put a neat little bow on it. I'm going to say, before we even talk about rating, fright ratings or anything, the, uh, the ending is uh, stupid enough where it makes me reduce my frights, I feel like, in my rating. It's like a big part of the rating like not being higher for me. Also, the whole premise of this is really just drug dealers or and and drug doers saving the day. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to show you what fucking doing blow can do. What's the, uh, well, how many frights would you give it out of five frights? I mean, the, I agree with you that the ending is kind of a fucking bummer. And it's the, the tentacle head that really irritates me, too. It's like, there's the so much, like, effect. really terrible CG all over yeah. it. It could have been so much cooler. Um, I don't know. That being said, I still think it's a lot of fun. This, I haven't seen it in 20 years, but. I'd put it at three. Nate, you watched it three times before this episode, so I feel like you had to be feeling it, because if you just hated this, you wouldn't have watched it so many times for notes. Or I watched it in, in three different ways. I watched it once while screen printing, once with Emily, and then one more time. It was kind of like a more focused, but like because I had watched it a couple times, there were parts where I was like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen for the next ten minutes. I'm going to do this, and then but uh, yeah, even after watching it that many times, I'm like, I still might want to watch it again, like this year again. Yeah. Like, so I would say for like a horror movie, if we're just doing like the whole spectrum of like from when they started to present, it's kind of like a two point five. Mm-hmm. But for '90s horror movies, it's like a fucking five. That's how so I would. I, I would so put this. Where would in you the put top. them if you have to give it out of five frights? So you can't give it. I know. Two. I'm just saying, like, where does it land? If for I that? was going to make a list of my favorite '90s horror movies, this is in top the top three for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, Very good. But uh, yeah, two five. I'm say two point five. Two and a half. Uh, so I wrote down two and a half or a three because I kept bouncing back and forth. Um, but in my in my eyes, it's something that would for sure if had. Just even you have that same ending and then just something where like someone churns and like they have kind of like a jerky face or something weird. And I bet. Oh, OK. It's that they, it's, that it's so ridiculously cheery. And then there's no twist or anything that I'm like, what is that? Right. Um, the ending the twist is so is offensive. That it's the new girl. That's yeah. their twist. No. Yeah. But I mean, but I mean, that offensive, happy one month later ending we get. Oh, yeah. I would forgive it if the end of that there was some weird twist. It's sure. so it's it's like it's like the end of the night. It'd be like if Nightmare on Elm Street. You see an with amoeba the, swim through somebody's eye or something. Yeah. You know, like I, anything. I feel like this ending is like the equivalent of Nightmare on Elm Street ended with the same dream sequence. But the mom didn't get pulled through the door and they never screamed in the car driving away. If it was just that same weird, surreal, happy ending and they're like, Bye, Mom. Wow, it's a bright day. And they get in the car and bye. And they just drive away. And then she's like, bye. Yeah. And that was the ending. You'd be like, what the fuck was that? Right. Um. So the ending really rubs me the wrong way. 
And yeah, there's a little too much CGI shit happening when it's is main air when you still could have done a, more practical. I think ninety eight's not out of the realm that this horror movie could have afforded more practical effects. Um, so I kind of feel like if it has better practical effects and a strong ending, I could easily give it for um, the five. But that stuff brings it down, and I feel comfy giving it a three frights where I'm going to land on it because. The rewatchability is so strong in our 90s horror movies, it is in the top 10 probably. So I feel like it has to be a three for me. The only thing I could understand being like totally CG, which makes sense, is the behind the bleachers part, right? But then they end it with like a big practical effect, like with Frodo facing off, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that works fine. So like, more I'm completely okay with it, like weaving in and out of the bleachers. That's fine. It's yeah. all the other shit that's like really weird and unnecessary. Well, you know? the part, the pool part, it'd be hard to do the way they shot it with that aerial view where they're running around the side of the pool and it jumps in and it's swimming through. Like they would have had to create a huge, yeah. Practical so like all the big creature effects make sense. Yeah, it's all like the small stuff that seems like really unnecessary, kind like of the pointless. Head. You could make a mole overhead, right? Or even like if you want to show like CGI for a second, like running, and then you do like a close up of like the head, like right or something. It's like give me inserts. Mm-hmm. That's my same problem with like that big monster though, and all the CGI shots is you actually did have a huge practical one that you use at the end. So why are there not more inserts of that? Right. Like when it goes to jump in the water, why not like a second of it close up like 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 the monster's face, mm-hmm. and then cut to it jumping or something. Like you build this big thing, you don't use it. It just seems really weird. This movie did not do well at the box office. This movie tanks in the box office. Really? Wait, Hogan, how many frights did you say then? I said three. So so three, we can go three. We can go three. All right. If mine's two, five, it's close enough. Three frights! Yes. So it was released uh, on Christmas Day, which. Interesting. This is the really strange day to release a movie, especially of this kind. So, did not do very well. 11, 11, 6 million. That's what it cost to make it? Uh, no, that was opening. What it brought in. 40 million total. How much did it cost to make? On it. Sorry, I was Hogan, on. Hogan, uh, looking up something on the internet. Baby. Uh, let's see. <sighs> Budget. Oh, it says. It says budget fifteen million, opening weekend eleven million. Okay, but so it made world, some money. worldwide gross forty million. So that's yeah, they, that's still a pretty big profit. But compared to like what what profit. I was reading on the Wikipedia, uh, it was saying they expected it to just be fucking huge. Yeah, like a scream. Thing. Yeah, and it wasn't at all by any means. Well, I said the advertising for this is weird, and like you're saying, like it deserves a different poster. Like the box is just. Well, I think take we, we, any horror movie from the '90s though, and this is what you we, get. Yeah, we've talked about five the five floating how fucking heads, that is. <laughs> and it's like so irritating. It's like here's the actors' faces. Here's yeah. the actors' faces. Like, give me something. Pull me in. Give me a environment. Give me. I mean, like Indiana Jones posters. All the actors' faces are on there. But we should do exciting. just an episode, like completely just on box art. The worst box art of all time. They're on there, but they're painted. That should be that's video content. That's Patreon content. We can show the covers. We can talk about them. That'd be fun. There's also the uh, there was this time period in movie history where how you got people to go to movies was with who was in it. 
Right. And that lasted up until, like, the superhero craze. Mm-hmm. And then once that shit started, it's like it just has to be a, a property that you know. As long as people are aware of who the Flash is or yeah. whatever, they're going to go see that superhero movie. It doesn't really matter who the fuck it is. It's playing I just want to see There's Michael like Other stuff about, like, uh, just posters and stuff that I find interesting, too, like... Uh, I'm trying to think of an example, um, like the Towering Inferno, for example, right? Oh. So you've got um, Paul Newman and Steve McQueen, like obviously two of like the biggest leading men at that time, and so then it's like a it's like a fight over whose face is going to be on the poster, right? Right. Um, or who face or whose face is going to be bigger? Yeah, he's got the bigger draw. And I think the way that they. Um, I know, like, with that movie specifically, how they figured it out was, like, somebody's face was going to be bigger, and then somebody's name was going to be bigger. You so know? balance it out. Right. Um, we still need to hear about your Tim Capella story. Oh, you oh, want to yeah. talk about stars? You want to talk about Tim Capello? Uh, so, you know, nice stories we open for Tim Capella's coming to town. It was cool. It's a great show. Believe. Awesome to see him. Totally. But that guy is a trip. Uh, it's like we got there. So we got there when we were supposed to be there for sound check at the venue. Um, we get there. And when we get there, Tim Capello is setting up on stage still. And we don't s- start trying to sound check for another hour. How long does it take soundcheck. to sound check a saxophone? And he's just one man. And he does no crew. He has no one with him. You just play like backing tracks? So he sets up two... HDTVs on giant stands on the stage. He sets all this up? Yes. Because he's just like a one-man But they're like just like PA speaker type stands, but then a TV mounted on top of them. Right. And then he has a giant card table with like a blanket over it. And that's where he has like his Mac and like a little mixer so he can mix his own stuff. And he has a mic in his sax, you know, and a mic to talk into. Hey, how's it going? You know, um, that's it. We're there waiting for an hour for him to finish sending that stuff up to do a sound check. Right. And then, so we're like, we're in a sound check now. And he's like, first off, if you've seen the nice stories, you know, we do a stage show. It's kind of our thing. It's two guys. We're playing instrumental synthesizer music. We write it's kind of love layered eighties horror movie stuff of like heavier distorted kind of beats and stuff. And we do like a visual show when we play, we usually only play in October. We set up a drummer with a skeleton behind the kit. We do a bunch of lights, a bunch of fog. Um, Halloween props, like tons of fog machine, a big cauldron with green lights and dry ice and shit. And we project clips of horror movies behind us. So it's like, it's a spectacle. That's like what the performance is supposed to be because we aren't like jump around stage. We're sitting there playing keyboards, you know, so it's supposed to be a visual thing. We yeah. sit down we only like stand up on stage. So like you're meant to be like the movement is created by the things and the visual. Yeah. And I think, and I think it's fun. If you're in that show, I think it is a Halloween experience. And so we're there and he's like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> you guys can't, you can't be using that. Those smoke machines in here. I'm allergic. And we kind of laugh and he's like, no, really, I'm, I'm very allergic to those. You cannot use those in here tonight. <laughs> you can't. And I, and I know people say the new stuff is different. The new stuff is different. It won't bother you. It does. It bothers me. It's like, well, these aren't even smoke. These are fog machines. Actually, it's actually just water-based stuff. Assigned, like they're fog machines. Not smoke. I don't care what people say it at all. I'm allergic to all of it. And we're like, Okay. 
And they're like, well, we're set up the sound check. And he's like, okay, well, where do you guys want to set up then? You just going to set up like here on the floor then in front of the stage? or?" And we're like, no, we'll set up on the stage. Like, oh, well, I, um, you don't have to set up around myself because I'm not moving anything. I'm not moving anything. They should have told you that I'm not. I'm not moving anything. <laughs> I've been playing bands since I was 16. I've never had this experience playing with, with any anyone <laughs> at any venue. Yeah, me either. Um, 23 years. But playing so he, bands. he's basically saying he will not move his card table out of the way that his computer and mixer stand on. He won't move his sacks. Oh, and he's not taking down his two TVs that he put on these stands. So the projector that the venue the has. The venue has a projector is their thing. He could be projecting these files from his Mac onto a giant screen behind him instead of two rinky-dink TVs. He's not moving those either. <laughs> so those are going to be blocking our projection thing, too. So basically refuse set up. So we end up setting up on a corner of the stage at XP Games. a huge fucking stage. Yeah, yeah. But he says card table dead mill. He won't move it. So we have to set up just our instruments of so our keyboard set which is still too cramped to the left of his table, just on the stage, just cramped up there. And <laughs> which is a, I mean, come on. That's a, that is a weird dick. No, that's strange a strange situation. Very strange. And he's like saying stuff. And like the sound guy, at the venue is kind of standing there looking. It's like, sorry. It's very weird. Um, and then he goes, <laughs> yeah, this is why I usually just have DJs before I play. And it's like, okay. Like we even asked me on the show. I know you're coming. Like, the venue reached out to us because, like, hey, we have Tim Cabell coming through. Yeah, we were asked Lost to Boys fame, and like, and he wants to make it like a spooky thing because the Lost Boys and all that. And we're like, fucking nice stories. We, like, you'd be perfect for this. We wanted to ask you, and like, it's like we don't even play outside of October, so this is like a lot of work for us to play because we had to get there and practice. We just don't do it all until like September, you know, because yeah. we don't play the rest of the year. Uh, so like, okay, so it's just it was just a very weird situation. It's like, what's that supposed to fucking mean? Like, <laughs> okay, um, and then. Uh, so we start figuring out words to them. He's like, okay, good. Well, just don't touch any of my stuff. Oh, and he also brought his own. He's not wanting to use the venue's P, like PA. He brought his own little like, like Fender Passport PA that he has set for <laughs> him to hear himself on stage. I love that's what he used there. I love everything about it was something this like this. Yeah, but it was something <laughs> like that. It was something like that. Like just a little. He wants to sit there. So we're basically like, we have to move. Like so, when like we did move his speaker when he left. Like or we can't even set up, dude. But, uh, but so check this out. This is the last thing that was so prickish to me. Okay. Check this out. Okay. Okay. Great. 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 Ah, oh, so just like keyboards. Okay. Not, uh, well, let's go. It's like, we're just playing like horror movie music, you know, like 80s synth stuff. And we tell like same kind of thing. He goes, oh yeah, cool. That's perfect. That's why I want, I want that. I want that vampire vibe, you know? <laughs> I, I'm not probably doing, I'm not doing his voice great. No, but this that is kind good. Of, Keep yeah. going. And, and, and we're like, okay. And then he goes. <laughs> Ah, so uh, what time's the show? And we're like, well, uh, I think doors are, you know, seven. I think music's, you know, at we're gonna play at eight. Awesome, eight o'clock. Music starts. Great. How long's your set? We're like probably thirty-five minutes. Great. Then I'll be back at eight thirty. And then he left. So basically did all that shit, then made a point to let us know, I'm not watching your set, and then left. Yeah, I'll be back. So Tim Capella is a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. I'm just letting you all know <laughs> right I'm now. so glad that I didn't go. Um, but the show <laughs> I itself. I would like to see you guys. You could have missed out on his tiny TV. No, yeah. but the show itself, 
is great. The show itself is what you want to see. Cause let's be real. Like if you were thinking about going, you weren't like, Oh, Tim Cabello, the guy who played with Tina Turner for a while. Oh, the guy's on like an episode of Miami Vice. Oh, wow. You that's not, you're going cause you're like, it's the sexy shirtless muscle sax player from lost boys. That's so iconic. So memorable. That's what you're going for. And that's what right. you get. And he knows it. That's why he's trying to do a spooky vampire vibe. Cause he knows that is why people are coming. Yeah. Right. It's not to diminish that. If you played saxophone for Tina Turner for 15 years, Cool. That's that. That's a you're a pro touring musician. I get it, but you're still capitalized on 25 seconds. You're on film in a Joel Schumacher movie, right? Well, right. That's um, the dominant reason I don't like I Hate God. Is we played with them twice and they made a point not to be in the venue when we played. Like I, I would go outside and see them like going out of their way not to be <laughs> in there. Hey, that's so fucked up. Well, thing is also the reality is I understand on tour you don't see every band you play with. I understand. I do. Well, I mean, well, but I mean, I'm not everybody. I well, guess. I'm saying there's probably still some show you play in your life where you miss one set for something. Something. I mean, I understand because yeah, I had to get happen. food or something. I, I get it. Like, I get that. But what I'm saying is the reality is even if that was going to happen. Why would you ever go your way back? Hey, what time are you playing? I want to uh, make sure I miss it. And when will you be done? How long is your set? Great. I'll be back at that time. Like, it's one of those things, even if that had to happen. Or what, why would you make a point to fucking say it to someone? Yeah. It's like you're silly just to be a dick. But the thing is, I bet he doesn't even realize he's being a dick. Maybe. He's that. I, I bet he. Uh, well, and it's like if you have one opener, see that one opener. Yeah. Uh, like, do you not give a shit about music? Why are you even making it? Money, but yeah, it's like, it's, just, it's just fucking, it's a cash grab thing. But I mean, turn by yourself. No and there was a good thing. turnout. Like, oh, yeah. We, like, people came out. Uh but yeah, I'm saying the show itself, when he plays, it's exactly what you'd expect it to be and what you'd want it to be. Yeah. It's he vamps, you know, he hams it up. Um, he uh, Does he still believe? He, <laughs> he closes with that and stretches out to be a fucking 20-minute thing. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, he plays songs, he tells little anecdotes about his time in the industry. Like, it isn't what you'd, ex- it's what you'd expect it to be. But I'm saying that behind-scenes side of talking, I was like, I expect it to be like, I just expect him to be more like, I mean, I've like met Bruce Campbell and Robert England. Yeah, so like somebody you'd meet like I expect him to be more like when meet someone at a con where they're like, they're pumped that you're pumped about their moment doing. they had or whatever. Yeah. You know, I expect him to be more like, oh, thanks for playing. Like, I'm, it's so sweet. Pills so long come out. Making Lost Boys fun. I love that I get to meet people that are into it. Like, no, it he's like, I'm that. in a 93 Ford Taurus driving across the country by myself. This shit sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. <laughs> Instead, it was like, it, it was like he wasn't. I don't know. He just wasn't gracious. Also, he made someone cry and leave the venue during a set. Why? So he was, um, so check this out. So he's like, he, he, uh, has a wireless mic and he'll walk around. Then he's, you know, dancing, gyrating, and saxing all over the place. And there was a, you know, he goes around, does it front people and people be like, yeah, he's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and keep going around and stuff and doing it. And he's like also way oiled up and he's sweating a lot. So he just looks slimy and moist he's really yeah. shiny you know it's like, like he it's does a in mix. the movie yeah yeah it's a mix but it's a mix of the oil from the movie and old man sweating yeah so it's like it's just this strange look you know <laughs> <laughs> but he's going around it's the last thing you'll ever see yeah it's just uh, weird <laughs> so he's doing he's going around he's dancing and doing that and he's doing it um in front of like this young girl that's staying at the venue 
Um, I say young because like I'm to the point where like some she could 20, be thirty. Someone's like twenty one now, and I'm like, man, look at that kid over there. <laughs> yeah, they look just young to me, you know. But um, so this younger woman's there with uh, with like their date, and they're sitting there, and he's like, walks ripped her, and he's like gyrating and playing the sax and like staring, and you can tell she's not comfortable with it. Doesn't mean she's not having a good time at the show, but she, it seemed like she's not comfortable with him just. They're dancing, looking all slimy, <laughs> which I kind of get too. I kind of get come, yeah. come, come, but like, cool, dude. Like, like, don't touch. Yeah, me like or, even if I did, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd still be like, Ooh. yeah, like it was like. It, I mean, I like I don't know, like you playing bands, like like you know, like if you're against some girls sc- like screaming, some people fucking jam into it, and some people you can tell when you're like getting their face, they're kind of like, yeah, you you just don't right. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're not having fun, but that's just not some people's thing. Some people have, like personal space and bubbles. But it was that kind of thing. It was like, you could see, like, they're having fun. Then he's, like, right there doing it. And she's kind of, like... And then he puts his hand out, like, in her face for, like, five. And she's just kind of, like... You can tell she's uncomfortable. She's, yeah. like, backed up against the wall, the venue, at her, her seat like this. Kind of like, uh. And he's just playing. And then he goes back to the stage. Finishes the song. Aaron's applying. Then, then he's, like... Oh, man, does he call her out? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. He's, like, yeah. So, hey, I want to know right now. You all seem pretty cool, Des Moines. But I want to know who's with me. And some people cheering. He's like, you guys have a good time? You feeling it? You guys are here with me? And like, I was like, kind of, or something to that effect. Yeah. You yeah. know, some cheesy thing like that. He's like, because not everyone's having it. Some people, and he's like, he's like doing this, like basically Point pointing at her now. He's like, some people aren't feeling it. I go out there. Some people, you know, they want, and they, you know, that's not what we want going on. And he's like, and she's, <laughs> and basically, you can God tell damn, now she, this, guy sucks. this lady's like, you can see she's kind of like misty. And this is part I'm like, fuck this. Like I'm going outside for a second. So I went outside. I was talking to some people out there and as I'm out there, there's like friends who are leaving the show. Oh, I met one of our Friday zones was there. Oh, cool. Um, it was, uh, Josh, uh, our new patron. Shout out Josh. We gave him a shout out last episode. Um, but he Hello was there. there, but when I signed, he was out there and his, uh, his partner were like getting ready to leave. And um, I was like, what's up? And they're like, this guy's a dick. We're out of here. And I was like, oh. But while I was out there talking to them, that girl and that and like their date or friend or whatever walked out of the venue and she was crying. And they walked down the street and left. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So I don't know if he said more after that, but like I was kind of like, that probably was not going to have a good show here again. Yeah. No. So, um, so yeah. So he, he was absolutely a turd. But man, his performance was great. It was like, yeah, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, hey, but you know what? Maybe, maybe you know, night stories will try there again and have our full show October twenty eighth, two thousand twenty three, XBK Des Moines, Iowa, with <laughs> traffic death, death, death. <laughs> oh my God, my legs! I'm dead. <laughs> Come see the horror and mayhem. I don't know. Uh, but seriously, come out. Yeah. Oh, and didn't you see the movie the night before? Yeah, I went and saw it at the Varsity, the newly restored Varsity. Uh, they are not a sponsor, but if you like movies, you should go there and support that place because they are starting to do a Thursday night. They call it midnight movie night, but it's at 10 it's o'clock. M- midnight's at 10. Yeah. yeah, midnight's at 10. And they play some cool stuff. They recently played some things i was less interested in but like i guess it probably depends on who's programming it 
it's not to say that I wouldn't like to see some oddball Wes Anderson movie in the theater, but a lot of that stuff I just kind of like saw it in the theater when it came out. Yeah. It's like I'm more like I'm always looking to see the ones I missed because I was too young. Like right. I wouldn't have been able to see them. Like I went to a lot of movies in the 90s and 2000s. It is really cool. I like that they're doing it. It's I, I wish I could hit every single one. Some Thursday nights, I'm like, ah, I still have to work tomorrow. I don't know if I want to go out and be out that late. Or, um, like, Christian was doing the... Dave Araki. Araki. But he was doing the double feature of that, and it's like, man, I would like to go do that, but there's no way I can watch both those movies and then yeah. come home and go to bed and have to do work. I can't... Like, that's a late night. Um, but I also appreciate they're doing it because I get that Made the Varsity doesn't think there's a big enough audience to do on Fridays when that's a big movie night for other people to go out. They only have that screen. So I think it's amazing they're doing it. They should it. just actually do it at midnight on Fridays. Yeah. I, I would uh, go every week. Yeah. It's, it's some I'd want to go to all those events. I, I love their showing those movies. It's crazy to be like, oh, yeah, like seven minutes from my house, I could go see Samurai Cop tonight. Go see there. The Beyond tonight. I took my kids to see the Lorax there. We went and saw one of the those. Lorax! Not my neighbor Totoro, but like one of the other movies that that director did. Miyazaki. And it's cool seeing those in the, like, just really big, you know? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go see The Sandlot this weekend in Omaha. Omaha. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Is it Saturday? Yeah. I'm going to do, like, a Q&A with the cast. Oh, at the Alamo there? Mm-hmm. That's something we were supposed to get Pandemic Room for Des Moines. In case he lost theirs too, it sucks. Bummer. But now we got the varsity, so that's cool. I keep telling Ben, who's like he's in charge of there, he comes into the shop. I keep telling him that they should really think about doing some things like that. Yeah, I think they will probably in the future. I think they're still trying to like build the foundation. You know. Yeah. yeah. We know what we should try to do Friday night frights again where Fright Zone came from and just try to do it there. That's something cool to be like, if, hey, once every three months, can we have one of your Thursday nights? Right. And, and see if we can build it up a little. Seriously. I know I could get some people out. I think we we could do that. Like, that we were doing that thing at the shop. We have time now. We could, like, talk about on a plug on an episode. Do it yeah, once every I, quarter. Before one, they, one day every quarter. Before yeah, they open, I had mentioned it. something to him about it, and he was interested in it. Thursday Night Thrills. But Yeah, cool stuff happening in Des Moines. It's cool Varsity's here. Well, well, anyone else got anything else going on? Hey, Hogan. Nope. What the fuck's going on with this, uh, like, stuffed animal Muppet thing that looks just like you over here? Oh, I've been taking a Muppet-making course on Stan Winston. Wait, wait, tell me more. Stan Winston? Yeah, stanwinstonschool.com. What? I've been taking a puppet-making course, so I made a okay. puppet of myself. It's beautiful. And I've been doing it with a group of other people who are also making Muppets of themselves. Okay. Just for fun. Incredible. Did you see this, Nate? Because it yeah, keeps me cool. busy. You made that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. It's a Hogan Muppet. Hell Yeah. For when Hogan's not around, you can <laughs> yeah. always hang out with it's like the Muppet version. It's like gotta... 60 hours worth of work so far, and I'm still not done. It looks great. That's all your you? That's all your handmanship, right? Yeah. It's fucking great, dude. What's going on, Media Crypt? Anything cool? Uh, just added a Video Treasures shirt. Going to do the new Media Crypt logo on a shirt. And got a couple other ideas that are coming up. But yeah, other than that, just all the same shit. Cool. That kicks butt. 
Check out MediaCrypt, the big cartel.com. Also, check out thefrightzone.com. Uh, there's a link there to our Patreon. Uh, if you're on Instagram, give us a follow at FrightZone Podcast. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Share some shit in your Instagram story. It all helps us out. You're all real cool. Thanks for listening. Stay spooky. Bye. What happened to your stay heavy? Stay heavy and bye. Bye. Hogan says bye too.